0: Is this working? Great. Hey, welcome uh, to, to YachtCon 5 Homecoming. I, uh, I'm loving this, uh, this crowd very, very promptly uh, arriving closer. Is this better? All right. Well, um, as, you, as you can see, this is the, the fifth version of this event that we're doing. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. Uh, joining me on the stage right now is Lickit. And uh and Aaron is here somewhere as well. Uh and this is a no Sadietis Sounder at Heart uh production, Ride of the Valkyries. We are going to be putting on hopefully a pretty good show for you guys. We have a great uh lineup of guests uh here. And before I get started though, I wanted to, to go through a few things. Um as the name implies, this is the fifth year of uh of us doing this event. Uh in the in the past four we've raised Somewhere around twenty thousand dollars for uh, various Seattle Children's, uh, various Seattle Children's uh, departments. Uh, as we have in the last couple years, we're we're raising money for the Autism Center this year. Uh, I really recommend that you go check out uh, the whole kind of operation that they have over here. Uh, the money that we've been able to, to raise goes directly to uh, these uh, big red boxes that go to families with children with autism, and it, and it helps, them, helps them out. So it's it, it has a direct impact on that stuff. Uh, this year, uh, which is, is new, uh, Sounder at Heart and SB Nation are actually covering our expenses this year, so this is uh, a huge debt of, de- uh, debt of gratitude to them. Uh, it's going to hopefully help us reach a $10,000 goal, uh, which is obviously something that you guys are playing a big part in, um, and the way we're doing that, as usual, is... We are gonna have this silent auction. You can see all the items up there. If you see something you like, just put your name down in the bid. And at nine o'clock, uh, basically before the Garth Lagaway uh, segment starts, we're gonna announce the winners and, and give you about an hour to uh, get settled up and, and pay, pay your stuff and and, uh, and walk away with uh, with your items. Um, so one of the things that I think is pretty amazing about this event is that it's all volunteer hours. Everyone that's putting, every, like I'm volunteering, Lickett's volunteering. There's probably 20 or 30 different volunteers that are helping us do this whole thing. Pretty amazing. Uh, and so if you get a chance to thank one of them, uh, say thank you. Um, so one of the things I wanted to talk also about was uh, this particular charity. Uh, we, I, it, the way it got started was I was... Uh, my wife uh, works at Seattle Children's. We started out doing it for the uh, PBMU there. And over time, we kind of just realized that the Autism Center was a way that we could have a direct impact on, on stuff going on at, at Seattle Children's. And, uh, and so it's kind of blossomed into this. And one of the things that we're offering this year is you can basically buy a big red box for $25 that you can make the, the donation directly to Seattle Children's. Uh, there's a link that they have there that will take you directly there. Um, so uh, anyway, that's that's a big that's a, that's one of the ways that we're raising money. Hopefully you also saw the, uh, the photo booth that we've set up. Uh, it's in the back, over to the left when you walk in, or I guess it would be to the right when you walk in, but it's over here. Uh, the two MLS Cups are there. Uh, the Cascadia Cup, and I'm told Sammy the Sounder is maybe not here right now, but he's event- eventually going to be here. So lots of photo opportunities uh, to get out there with, uh, with a f- to take photos. Uh, so finally, uh, the last thing I'm, I'm asking of you guys is we are doing several different panels, and there's going to be opportunities for you to submit questions, uh, one of the, the, the probably the most fun one is uh, Will and Brett, Will Bruin and Brad Evans are going to be doing a special live edition of Dear Will Bruin in which uh, they they give you advice on various life uh, dilemmas. Uh, but we're also gonna be taking questions for the Rain Panel, and uh, I think we're going to be taking questions for Garth as well. So um, uh, yeah. And so with all that said. Uh, I wanted to bring Brian Schmetzer, uh, the... show that I just totally botched, but two-time MLS Cup winner, two-time USL winner, and a uh, CISL uh, winner as well as an assistant. I think you won a few more uh, indoor titles, is that right, with the San Diego Sockers? And, and of course, a Lake City Hawk legend.
1: Wow, now you're going back.
0: So, Brian, thank you for doing this. You're welcome. I know you are not feeling particularly well, and so the fact that you are here is a, yet another testament to your commitment to this fan base, and it's, what it you, is really what amazing. Did you, what did
2: you say? I was fighting something? I said you were fighting something.
0: You, are, are you not fighting something?
2: Well, I mean, look, I know some of you readers and commenters on your Sounder at Heart blog... <laughs> Might think, might think that I fight with Harry sometimes about putting him on the lineup sheet, but what I am fighting is Harry ships. He had like, he was like sick down in Mexico and Honduras. I mean, he, he had, uh, uh, the flu influenza and then it got into his lungs. He's questionable for tomorrow or Thursday. He's questionable. He, he was at training today and he goes, coach, I, I feel pretty good but I feel like I you know, have just smoked a pack of cigarettes. So he's trying to get over that, uh, but he'll, he, he's a tough kid, so I think he'll come around. But I'm blaming Harry for my little sickness, but I'm always happy to be here, happy to be part of the gang. I do have my ECS shirt on. I, I was, uh...
0: So I guess we'll, we'll just start, since you bring it up, uh, how
1: was,
2: uh, how was Mexico? How was Honduras? Great. great. Mexico was great. Look, I got it. I have a really talented staff, but having Gonzo on the staff and having him open doors for us down there at the, at the Mexican national team training facility was fantastic. Um, it was, uh, it, it, it's obviously a big deal because it's a Mexican national team. Uh, they, laid out the red carpet for us. Maybe laid out the red carpet for Gonzo. I mean, we got to train on beautiful fields. We got fed well. There was uh, dormitories with foosball tables, ping pong tables, stuff for the guys to do. It was secluded. It was out there away. So some of the guys got a little stir crazy, but it was good. It was concentration. It was perfect for what we needed.
0: So were you able to get into
2: town and and like... We Enjoy did on a couple of occasions. We went out to a couple of dinners. Uh, Gonzo took us to a good steakhouse and then another restaurant in a mall, in a fancy mall. Uh, our highlight was one of the trips to the pyramids. I mean, that was pretty cool. I mean, you, you guys probably all, all saw the guys posting things. It's quite a hike. It's quite steep. There are no safety OSHA rules. Like, you know, the, the handrail is just a piece of plastic. So if you go tumbling down those stairs, or you know, you, you're going down a long ways. And we saw uh, Javier and Jaymar uh, helping, helping a yeah. random person
0: up the or down the stairs, I suppose. Which it was, it was, it was down the stairs. Hard.
2: But again, it's one of those great moments that, you know, all of you that have kids, I mean, you want your children to be nice citizens and nice people and all that. And Jaymar and, and Javi fit that bill to a T.
0: Well, let's go back to another uh, good memory of yours, I'm sure. MLS Cup uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um start with a with a build up to it um i i think you and i feel like you've articulated this before but that there was a a dilemma i think that you faced in leaning into the pressure of hosting mls cup in front of seventy thousand fans uh you know really the first time that a seattle team had hosted a big championship like that in forever It it was new and and like trying to wall it off as if it was just kind of a, another game. And it seemed like you leaned into that. Do you feel like you ended up balancing that challenge well?
2: Well, you know, I, I think I've said this before publicly. If I didn't, I apologize. But I don't think we did the best job measuring our players because they played tight for the first 60 minutes. So whatever I tried to do, and here's the, here's the big if and when and learning curve for a coach – I mean, we could totally play the underdog against LAFC. I mean, we went in there and said, oh, what do we got to lose? We're gonna play with them, we're as good as them, we can do this, 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 this. It was very simple, very easy messaging for the group. Then when we when we knew we were gonna host, then that was a little more challenging and there was a divided uh, coaches room. Some of them said, no, you shouldn't even address it. Some said, yeah, you can do this and other people over here. I decided to take kind of a middle ground. I wanted to address you know, something just about how they might feel when the game kicks off. It's, it's normal to have butterflies. If you're not, you're dead, you know, simple stuff like that. But, but I think the players were tight. I think they were very tight and it was just that moment when, you know, Kelvin pulls that, you know, shot or, you know, Raul, the pass, What whatever it was, you guys not stopping to believe. I mean, you guys kept us going. Uh, Once that goal came, it took everything away and then, you know, makes us coaches look pretty good.
0: And, And so when you walk out onto the field and you see, you've probably imagined it in your mind's eye a million times, how did it compare to, or were you even taking it in at that point?
2: Well, Tommy Dieter and I have our little routine. So we're big on routines. We're not superstitious. We just have routines. (laughs) So... Tommy and I like to go out and he likes to walk out with me. We have a cup of coffee in our hand and we like to turn around and, you know, sometimes on a Sunday afternoon game at noon, we say, God, there's a lot of people out on the water today or, you know, what's going on or late arriving crowd on a Thursday night or Wednesday night. And we just talk. And when Tommy and I walked out onto the field, we didn't we didn't have to say anything. We were just like, going, oh, my God, this is like the greatest thing that we've ever seen. So it was a pretty cool moment, pretty special moment to share between a good friend of mine. And it was really a super, super cool moment. So
0: there's this picture and it's actually uh, uh, one of the
2: auction items actually is is captured this
0: moment of you standing away from the you're off the stage and you're watching the players celebrate. Was that something that you and I don't feel like that's an image that we see a lot of times of coaches like not wanting to be on the or removing themselves from the stage and kind of taking it in and almost being a fan in that way. I mean, I guess, what was your thought process behind that? Was it conscious to to do that? It's conscious.
2: Here's the way, here's the way I always say it. I say, look, When the team does well, the players get the accolades. They're the ones that do the hard work. When the team doesn't do well, we as coaches have to take responsibility to give them the tools to be successful. That's just the way I am. That's that, that was their moment. It wasn't my moment. It was their moment. They're the ones that put all the effort, all the work in all season long through adversity. You know, Victor, what a great storyline that was Roman coming back. It was, it was their moment. And I like. I like them to celebrate on their own. I mean, sure I get, you know, I'll I'll get I'll, I was part of the celebration in the locker room and we had some good times and there were some funny stories back there and you know, obviously our coaches we were very excited, but I just think for for me personally, that is a moment for the players who have done the hard work, all of them. All I, I enjoyed that everybody on the roster was up on that stage and you know, for me that's just the way it should be.
0: You know, I think there's this uh, challenge in sports especially of not resting on your laurels not really allowing yourself to fully celebrate a moment like that because you immediately turn the almost immediately you turn the page and look at 2020 but did you make a conscious effort to like give yourself some time to actually feel like you got to the mountaintop
2: it wasn't as bad as 2016-17 when the very next morning after we were celebrating in Toronto, we had to, you know, get rid of a bunch of guys. That was a really stupid, fucked up MLS rule. I mean, it was <laughs> stupid. Stupid. I mean, that kind of pissed us off because we had to sit there and, of course, guys are going to be grumpy if you say, well, you're protected and you're not your option. And it, that was... That was bad. So uh, this year, Jeremiah, and to everybody out there, I think I reflected on the moment. I certainly enjoyed the moment when we were there, but I don't know if we'll ever. Maybe ten years from now, I don't know. When I'm retired and sitting here co-hosting with you or something, I like that uh, idea. You know, then maybe we can. I can give you more depth to my my thoughts at that moment. But it, look, it was it was a special event. I didn't go into, uh, you know, training mode or coaching mode or whatever. I actually kind of let myself go for the f- couple of days. I wanted to enjoy the parade. I wanted to join my family. My two grandbabies were up. Uh, you know, I had a, a baby daughter. Uh, uh, my, my daughter had a grand, my granddaughter. <laughs> and my wife's son had a grandson. And so both of my grandbabies were there at the game. And so that was a big deal to me, having my family around and witnessing that spectacle. It was, it was tremendous for me.
0: So I wonder oh.
2: Okay, but you know, so after we went to the after game party down at the hotel there and everything, and look, I was mentally trashed. I was like exhausted. I was just like, oh my God, I'm tired. But we had to make the speech and we had the trophies and the office staff and some of you fans were in the room. And then I, I told my wife, Christina, I said, I, I, I gotta go. I, I, I gotta go. I had my buddies that were there from junior high, and they were all, yeah, Brian, let's party, you know, like this. I was like, I was like, I was like, I am so tired. I just have to go home. So Christina and I drive home, and there are all our adult children, all six of them, plus their friends, all drinking beer in my kitchen. <laughs>
3: just like the old days
2: yeah it was great I mean hey
0: so one of the things I think that makes your story so interesting is not just the the you know the the local boy makes good but it's also a story of a a a person who played and coached at virtually every level of American soccer like and and that's indoor that's outdoor that's leagues that were have gone defunct. That's leagues that are still going. Mm-hmm. Um, but what kind of perspective do you think that that gives you of this this whole thing that we're going through right now uh, that maybe a lot of the players who maybe either come from Europe or came up through MLS when MLS was always a thing?
2: Uh, perspective or life lessons? I mean, I'd probably be, be pretty good on Survivor or some show like that. Right. I, <laughs> um, I mean, the perspective I would say is that, you know... I'm old enough to have seen the good times and the bad times of both the NASL and MLS. I think I'm blessed in that sense. You know, there was a lot of people that take credit for, you know, take credit for, you know, keeping soccer alive and stuff like that. You know, you guys are going to hear from the rain people, Bill, and what he's doing down in Tacoma and all that. I mean, they got to just go through some of those growing pains as well. I think I think soccer is obviously here to stay. There was so many of you know my dad coming over and he was into soccer, playing soccer. You know we all watched soccer. Soccer made in Germany way back when on PBS. I mean I, I, I've seen pretty much everything, and I just I just you know knock on wood I feel blessed, and I think that this area, this community, is always going to support soccer. And you know there's there's just a lot of You know, growth in our sport now. I mean, it's really taken off. And I I would tell all the people in Europe and guys in Argentina that come up here, I say, you're lucky. I I was talking to uh, Jorge, our new video guy. He came from uh, Spain and he was working in England at Leeds United. And he was like, "Oh man, the weather's really nice." He's not a Leeds fan. (laughs) I think Alex Caulfield's is a Leeds fan. He is a little yeah. bit of one, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Jorge was like amazed by the weather for the last 2 days and I'm like going, just wait till like May, June, July, August, September, October, global warming. I mean, we're going to have <laughs> we're going to have 7 months of summer in Seattle. I mean, it's going to be great. So, one of the th- one of the eras of one of the things I think that in generally
0: makes Seattle, the Seattle soccer scene so vibrant is that there was never really a dark period from the the, the 70s, up until now, there was always something going on here. Yeah. And a big part of that, or maybe not a big part of it, no, I would say a big part of it, was the whole indoor scene, whether it was in Tacoma or it was... There's like, lights out in Tacoma. In the, the yeah. CIS I mean, what, how important do you think the indoor game was to kinda developing soccer as a as a spectator sport in the Pacific
2: Northwest. Yeah, I think it kept it alive. I mean, I remember going to Tacoma Dome when I was living in San Diego and there was like, you know, twenty thousand people in Tacoma Dome watching indoor soccer. It was pretty crazy. Um, so I think it was just, a, just a, a, another storyline of, of just keeping pro soccer here. And they're still doing it. I mean, Darren Sawatsky had the team down in, in Kent. And I know there's other satellite leagues even one step lower. And, you know, the stars do a good job. And, you know, it, Bellingham United. There you go. Right on, brother. <laughs> So, so indoor soccer has been popular. Obviously, my 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 father and Pepe Fernandez had an indoor soccer rank up in in Everett. So, it's 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 been good to keep keep people playing soccer and then keep people watching soccer. So you won a title at the at, with Seattle in mm-hmm. the CISL,
0: right? Uh, in 1997, is that correct?
2: Mm, you you got a better memory than I do.
0: Okay, well I just looked it up. So. Uh,
2: those days were hazy.
0: <laughs> I, mean, what, 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 I mean, what was that? I mean, I would imagine marijuana
2: all- was illegal then.
0: Oh. I mean, our, what was that league like? I mean, it was uh, a short-lived a bunch league. A of pot smokers. Was it really?
2: <laughs> <laughs> John Pertman would kill me if I said his name. None of you guys know John Pertiman, do you? God, I hope not. Anyway, now look, indoor soccer was great. The Sea Dogs were great. You know, I love talking about, you know, people, friends, Fernando Colvio who recently passed who we miss him very dearly. You know, he made a he made a statement, a pretty bold statement when he got the job for the Sea Dogs. He says, "I'm going to win a championship within 3 years." And the first year we sucked. The second year, we sucked a little less. And then that third year, everything came together and we just like were lights out. We were like super, super good. And we kind of rolled through the regular season. And then, you know, we went into the playoffs. And in look, CISL was pretty bare bones, right? I mean, we were paying, we actually had guys on the roster that got paid $75 a game only if they played. Like, if they didn't step on the field, then they wouldn't get paid. So they were basically, you know, playing for fun, really. And, and we tried to get them odd jobs. I, had a, I got a couple of Sea Dog stories, if you guys can. We got time. Okay. <laughs> so in my construction days, we, we, me and Dick McCormick, who was also on the Sea Dogs, you know, we, we had our little construction business going at the time. And so the guys who were making $75 a game, they needed extra work. And so we were in the construction business, we'd get them odd jobs and stuff like that. And we were doing some roofing and we had this really, this pretty cool idea. We had a Chevy Suburban and it had passenger plates. So when you went to the dump down here on 45th, you only got paid, you had charged $8.50 to take all the roofing material in for the dump instead of like 60 or 75 bucks at the time to dump all the roofing material. And so this, this, this suburban was like our lifeblood. And so we had a couple players that were driving the suburban one day and it broke down underneath the convention center. And so I was, QC, I was quality control. So they called me up and they go, hey, Schmetz, I mean, the truck's broken. And I go, okay, well, you guys sit tight, you know, just relax. I'll come and get you guys. And so they said, okay, we'll we'll meet you on the corner of whatever, Seventh and Pine. And one of them had a dog. I'm not going to name any names, but I rolled up in my truck and there they were sitting covered in just dirt and soot and everything. And they had their dog with them. And I picked them off the street, and when they entered the car, these professional soccer players told me, they said, God, thank God you're here because people were walking by trying to give us money. (laughs) (laughs) And I was ashamed that we made these pro soccer players actually work for a living. (laughs) Better story. Better story. Are, was, are you
0: saying that Raul Ruiz Diaz and
2: and uh, Obafemi Martins and Clint Dempsey no, and these weren't I'm doing good I was talking about Danny Laver or Hanwala or Sam oh, okay. Rogers. Or, can you imagine big Sam Rogers up on a roof somewhere trying to take off roofing material? No, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Um, but it was bare bones. So here, here's, here's a good story for, for on a positive note. So Sana, uh, the, this this... Sonics Sea Dogs were owned by the Sonics people and it was full house sports entertainment. And so they let us use their jet, the Sonics jet on the way down to Houston. So it was a home and home series. So we played in Seattle on a Saturday night at like seven o'clock. And then we were playing at six o'clock in Houston the very next night. And so Sure enough, we won the first game, but it was tight. It was it was tight, it was like six five or you know, something like that. And we go right after the game and we take off on the on the on the jet, and we fly into Houston and we get into our hotel room at about three or four o'clock in the morning, we're to sleep all afternoon, and we have to play at six o'clock. They had to fly commercial. And so they had to get like a red eye flight that landed at six or seven in the morning, and then they had to get their bags and their back. And so they were trash the next day, and we beat them six to one. It wasn't even it wasn't even like so charter flights, there you go. That's what they had. Was that Brad or Harry out there or someone? So so anyway, so we were. On our way back from the championship game in Houston and we we're driving through and we weren't at Houston Intercontinental. We we're at Houston Hobby, which is down in kind of a not not so nice part of Houston. And John Dressel, who, who was the president of Full House Sports and Entertainment and, and, and Bill they, they, and Ted and Chris, the Ackerleys, they were all on the plane. And so we're driving to this airport. And all of a sudden, there's like an AMP, and mini-mart. And we're like going, hey, can we stop and get some beer? Can we get some <laughs> yeah. beer from the from plane back? And they're like going, hey, sure. Yeah, no problem. Let's go. John was all, you know, really on top of it. So we pull over. Again, the Ackerleys and John Dresel are in the AMP and buying us indoor soccer players beer. <laughs> so... All of a sudden, we're kind of yeah, talking, we're celebrating, whatever, but it's kind of taking a long time, you know, and we're looking through the bus and, and, you know, we're kind of looking through the window and going, hey, what's going on? What's going on? And there's Bill Ackerley, who's a multi-multi-millionaire. He's like going like this and he's trying, he's arguing with the guy he's going like this and like this and there's some commotion in the store. John Drasel comes back on the bus and goes, hey, guys. Anybody got any cash? Because (laughs) Bill's credit card didn't work in the card reader. So he couldn't buy us beer because his card was broke. But it wasn't his card. It was a card reader. We picked up some cash and we got beer and we flew home and it was a great story. Um, Just another one of the many, many things that will be in the book.
0: Thing that I wanted to get into with, but that seems like such a good story to end on. Yeah, and uh, I really appreciate you coming out here. I uh, wish you the best of luck on Thursday, and even and and thank you, and- thank you. So hopefully we uh, we have a few more Champions League games to talk about after that one, and uh, I mean, and then of we'll course Sunday.
1: Better.
2: I'll be pissed.
0: All right, of course
2: <laughs> you will. Of course you will.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. To, to Brian for doing that. Uh, coming up in a couple minutes, we're going to do the the rain panel, uh, which, if you may or may not know, is, is uh, made up of Bill Predmore, Jess Fishlock, and Bethany Balser, the reigning NWSL uh, Rookie of the Year. Um, and then later on, and then after that, we're gonna uh, we're gonna hopefully have a little. Uh, we're gonna revive the the game that we played last year, if you remember that. Uh, I think we have talked uh, Jess and Bethany into facing off with Brad Evans and Will Bruin, uh, assuming we can all get them into the same place at the same time. So uh, fingers crossed on that one. Um, and then, of course, we're going to have uh, Brad and Will come up here and, and do a, uh, a, an advice uh, panel for you all. Um, but before we, we do that, I want to remind everyone that we have the silent auction going on over here to the left. Uh, Kelly is selling 50-50 raffle tickets. And, and we're raising money for the Seattle Children's Autism Center. If you want to uh, hear from them, they are right over there. And uh, we, can, we can leave with that. So with all that said, I wanted to welcome uh, onto the stage uh, Jacob Cristobal, who is going to be from Right of the Valkyries, who is going to be moderating this, uh, this panel. Uh, Bill Pradmore, Jess Fishlock, and Bethany Balser. <laughs> Never really mattered too much to me.
4: But you were just too damn old for me.
0: All that really mattered was you were my girlfriend.
5: And baby, that's all that mattered to me. Let me love you. Well.
6: Oh,
7: no. Hi, everybody.
6: Woo!
1: Uh,
7: for those of you who don't know me, I'm Susie Rance, a writer for Ride of the Valkyries, which is a, woo, uh, a sublog of Sounder at Heart. And I will let Jacob introduce himself.
8: Hi, everyone. I'm Jacob. I also write for Ride of the Valkyries. Um, before we get started on the panel with uh, Bethany Balzer, Jessica Fishlock, and Bill Predmore, I do think we need to make uh, one special toast. So everybody in the room, raise up your glass, and we just say cheers and thank you to uh, the retirement of Beverly Yanez. She just announced her retirement from Reign FC. Yeah. So hopefully that will get back to Beverly Yanez and just say thank you for all the memories on and off the field for us uh, being a Rain FC original.
7: I think we'll kick it off, but first, maybe you don't know these folks, but I'm sure you do, but we have NWSL Rookie of the Year, Bethany Balser. (laughs) Jess Fishlock, a Rain FC original and member of the most British empire. (laughs) And uh, Bill Pradmore, who is uh, owner and now CEO of Rain FC. And I guess, Bill, maybe we'll start there. Folks probably know in the room, OL Group is now majority owner of Rain FC. And I'm curious there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes, obviously, but what do you think fans might notice right away that may be a little bit different?
5: Hmm, good question. Uh, well, there could be a name change and uh, branding change and offing. So that would be one thing that would be pretty. Uh Pretty obvious for folks out there, um, which hopefully we'll have out here in the next couple of weeks. Um, You know, I think a lot of the work has been more behind the scenes than, you know, stuff that's going to be in front of the camera. Um, You know, the integration of what we're doing with what OL is doing is a complicated process, um, but has been going well. I think it will manifest itself probably for these guys um, uh, from a training perspective. I think the facilities we're going to be able to put together better than, uh, yeah, what we've had in the past. So
8: I think that's that's good news. And that's uh,
5: a real commitment from OL to step up and do that. So it's fantastic.
8: For the players, Bethany and Jess, what does it mean for you to, to have the financial support of a group like OL Group, knowing what they've done for not only the uh, men's team in France, but also their women's team who pretty much have run roughshod through the French competition, but also UEFA's Champions League competitions?
6: Um, I think it's really exciting. I think that's exactly what this league needs a, league needs is. It's just more investment into the women's game. And so, uh, yeah, we're just excited to see how that's going to play out in all facets in our game and the treatment we're getting. Um, so it's exciting. I think it's what we need. Yeah, look, I, um, I'm, look, I've been lucky enough to work with both
9: sides of it. Obviously, going on loan with O.L. Well, uh, last year and being a part of the rain now for going into the eighth season. So... I kind of know both sides of the group individually. Um, So I know exactly what's going to happen or I have this vision in my head of what's going to happen when they come together and make it because one of the things that is very similar with them both is that they want to be the best and they want to strive to be the best. And in order to do that, they know what they have to do to make that. So whether it be investment in the facilities or things for the the team, the girls, the things in the back room, etc., you know, Bill and Lorraine have have been doing that up until this point, you know, and OAL are probably the biggest women's team in the world and have been for a very long time. So they're just going to bring that experience of how they got there into what we already have. And yeah, I think there's going to be changes that you'll see right away. It is going to be a process, you know, and we're going to have to trust that process, and and have a little bit of patience as well. Um, But I believe it's going to be probably one of the best things to happen, not only for our organization, but for football here in Washington, and for the NWSL as a whole.
7: (laughs) We'll keep it on you for a second, Jess. For folks who maybe aren't as active on social media, you've been... You tore your ACL ACL in July, um, but have been training, doing some some running. Just how is your recovery going overall?
9: No, yeah, my recovery actually is going perfectly, as I'd hoped it'd be, uh, perfectly to plan, as they say. Um, I'm in a great, great space right now. If anything, we're just trust in the process and respecting the injury and just using the timeline that we have. And it's, you know, I saw my surgeon, I'll just tell you all the truth. I saw my surgeon yesterday. Um, he's very happy and, you know, what I feel like I'm ready to do. He th- believes I'm ready to do as well, but he's like, look, he still has ACL injuries. So we're going to respect the timeline a little bit. You've got a while till the season starts. So just make sure you're just very, very good. So... If, you know, if everything goes the last six weeks as well as the last seven months, then the season's going to be good.
7: I have a quick follow-up on that. You, you, you sort of joked, but maybe there was a little truth in it. You fractured your leg a few years ago, and you were playing four weeks later, that bourbon and the beach was the recovery method. <laughs> Do you have any similar tips this time around?
9: Actually, <laughs> now I had a couple of more years. I turned to gin. <laughs> Apparently, that's you know just as good. So, and I was in Australia, so there was a lot of training, a lot of gin, and a lot of beach. <laughs>
8: Bethany, you said the word investment earlier when, we, when you were talking about what does it mean for OL Group to buy into the rain. Um, and it just reminded us for to say about how the club is investing in you. Oh, crazy feedback. Um, for those that uh, did not catch the news today, the club announced that Bethany has just signed a new contract extension for three years with the option for a fourth year. So congratulations to Bethany. What, what does it mean for you to get that sort of commitment from the club?
6: Yeah, it's incredible. Um, and just a dream come true, honestly, um, to have an owner like um, Bill and OL um, and just an organization want me for that long or even be interested uh, is incredible. And I I just absolutely love what we're doing here and what, what we're building. Um, and I'm so excited to be a part of it for the next four years. And I grew a ton in my first year here. And I don't expect anything less in the the coming years. And so I can't think of a better place to develop my game um, as I still have a long way to go.
8: So obviously your next objective is to win the NWSL Championship. But for you on a personal branding front, uh, what about getting that Crocs collaboration going?
6: (laughs) I'm trying hard. I'm reaching out hopefully within the next year, we'll get something rolling here.
8: Is there something that the fans uh, can do? Like maybe you should create a hashtag to get uh, a movement maybe. going? Maybe.
6: That's what I need. I, I don't know any other player who wants Crocs to sponsor them except me. So
9: <laughs> there There's reliable... a reason for that.
8: <laughs> so, there... for, so for everyone here in attendance and also those watching online, you have a mission get uh, Crocs people to just pay attention and get something going on with Bethany Balser here.
6: They're a reliable shoe, okay?
7: <laughs> um, speaking of sponsors, though, Budweiser invested at a really um, enormous level after the World Cup this last year. Um, we've seen it play out in a couple of different ways, advertising, money behind the league, but... I'm curious from your players' perspective if you've noticed, like, if if Budweiser is making an impact on you and Bill, what you're seeing at the club level from their investment.
9: Sure. Um, Firstly, I just think it's just really good for us that we have such a big brand that has decided to invest in the women's sport and women's football. Sorry, I can't say soccer, football. I think it's kind of a message too with some of the campaigns that they've done that it that they're just kind of like, where's everybody else? Like, come on, like, sort your shit out. Um, but I also think that they are doing stuff behind the scenes with with the girls as well. Like they did an internship, right? Um, so they um, asked people if they want to do an internship so they can learn other skills, and they did that in the off-season. So I think that is also huge. So that they are really helping from a kind of advertising, marketing, like, um, visibility perspective. Um, but they're also doing really good things behind the scenes for us to try and get into other aspects of, of life really, which I think is, is, is a really good thing for them to do. And I'm kind of, I have a lot of respect for it.
5: Yeah. Um, no, I mean, look, I, I think the way they stepped up was, uh, I mean, it was really unique in the history of the league. We never had a sponsor that, uh, Not just put up money, but I think they put some thought into what they wanted to do with us. And I think Jess brought up a good point with the um, uh, the internship program. So they had, I think, half a dozen players went back to New York. It was this program in conjunction, I think, with Columbia University. So it was, you know, it was an actual, meaningful educational experience. Um, you know, where they're collaborating with uh, I think the you know, marketing department, marketing folks inside of Budweiser. Um, I just don't think you've seen a brand step up that way in the past where it was, it was just more than the money. Um, and I think they've been a real catalyst for starting conversations about this, that the, uh, the amount of money that's spent from a sponsorship perspective on women's athletic soccer or basketball or whatever, it's just, you know, it is a drop in the bucket compared to what the men get. And I think it takes a you know, really a brave brand like Budweiser to step up and, you know, kind of call people out in a, you know, maybe a gentle way, but in a you know a real way to say, "Hey, we can do better," and that's the kind of thing that I think we can start a movement and can actually make some change. So, you know, again, very hopeful that uh, it, it will see more impact this season. And um, and the league is in a you know sort of huge transition period right now, so I think we'll be better equipped to take advantage of those opportunities moving forward.
7: I can't believe I'm saying this, but by Budweiser.
5: <laughs> yeah, please. Lots of Please.
9: it. They have good seltzer. Where's the hashtag NWSL. Yeah.
8: <laughs> well, obviously, we also need to get a, a gin sponsorship for either the club or for NWSL just to appease Jess.
9: <laughs> I'm whiskey. <Yeah. laughs> that, that's still there.
8: Okay. This question is for both. Yes. This question is for both Jess and Bethany. Um, Bethany, what do, you th- what do you think is uh, the biggest thing you've learned under your first year learn- learning from somebody like Jess on and off the field?
9: Oh. Uh, it was only a month that I was there, so
6: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. but It was still just, an
8: impactful month because you just do the Player of right, the Month long,
6: honors. So. I know, right? Uh, no, I still remember the first day that Jess was at training, um, and she just, like, the, it was good. It was good. It was good. She just brought this energy to training that wasn't there when she wasn't there. And, um, I remember that the, the game after that training, I was playing forward and she was playing mid and she told me, she's like, you just, you just do you. And like, I'll work around you. And I was like, wow, like she's giving me that freedom and giving me that responsibility. And she trusts me enough, um, to know what to do with the ball know what runs to make. Um, and so just learning from her, giving me that freedom and ability, um, has allowed me to, Expand as a player, I think far more than her being like, do this, do this, do this. Um, and she just makes our team so much better. Um, she brings up the level of training, like I said. Um, and I'm super excited that she's back and healthy and ready to kick ass this year. So,
8: <laughs> Jess, same question to you. What has uh, been the most impressive thing you've seen out of uh, Bethany? In, her, since in last year?
9: The best thing I saw was when we played Portland, right, at home, and you sent Menges for a hot dog and then slipped it into the side netting with your left foot. Uh, I, was, I saw that and I was like, there's, there's nothing better than watching a kid, sorry, I'm old, it's because I'm old. <laughs> it's because I'm old. It's just because I'm old. Um, have raw talent. Right, like nowadays they kind of get coached so much that that kind of rawness about them that makes them special kind of gets coached out of them a little bit. Um, So it was really refreshing to come back from Leon and obviously I'd heard about Beth but hadn't been able to see anything. And then, you know, straight away, that's obviously why I said that to her, like you just do you and I'll work around it because I have the experience to do that. And you kind of want to keep the rawness as much as you can. Of course, you have to tweak in and define it and, and all that kind of stuff, but you don't want to get rid of that. And that was one thing that, you know, I, I thought of at the time was, how are we going to link up without taking away what she's very good at, which is just her rawness as far as I'm concerned, but also then fitting that within our team setup. Um, so for me, just kind of seeing that, that just you know she knows what she wants to do she'll do it and doesn't really think too much about it that was just really nice for me to see because like I said I think sometimes nowadays you just get coached out of that stuff you know and that was great for me and the best thing I saw was when we played Portland and Mm. we yeah one we beat them right yeah Yeah. so yeah (laughs) yeah Three times. Three times, um, Three and times. then um, yeah, she went to shoot on her right, faked it, cut it. mangas went this way, ball went this way. It was it was it was special.
7: Well, that was a beautiful tribute to each other. Now we're going to ask a more divisive question that has you may or may not know has divided both of you last season. We asked both of you on our podcast one of the most controversial questions, which was, oh, does that's pineapple that's belong that's on pizza? pizza?
1: <laughs>
7: I don't know if you have changed your answer. <laughs> <laughs> Bethany, you are pro-pineapple, I believe.
6: I think pineapple makes like everything taste better. Yeah.
9: I, I can't I can't do it. I like <laughs> uh, like I don't get people that order Hawaiian. <laughs> no, those people if they're in my house, I have to ask them to leave. <laughs> uh. Sorry. Uh,
6: you're the tiebreaker.
3: I,
5: you I think we up. have to trade Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Do you
1: like
5: China? I love it. <laughs> Only on yep. pizza. But That's I love it.
1: <laughs> nice.
8: yeah. Jess, you mentioned uh, Bethany's goal against Portland uh, last season as uh, one like your favorite moments. Um, and I think one of the highlights for the team last season was sweeping Portland Thorns in the regular season, all three matches uh, last season. <laughs> what does that achievement just mean for everybody? You know, obviously, Jess, you're probably gonna have a lot to say about that, you know, since you're most familiar with the rivalry, but yeah, what does that achievement uh, last season mean for everybody?
6: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, my first year, obviously, I didn't really, I knew it was a rivalry, but like, you don't know how much of a rivalry it is until you're, you know, playing at Portland in front of 20,000 fans and everyone's like, you're, you don't, you don't know what to expect until you're in that moment. And it's the most physical game of the season. It's just the most intense. People will literally lay their bodies on the line just to, to win a ball. Um, and, yeah, w- winning all three was, like, the highlight of the season, honestly, because we knew how much a rivalry it is, and everyone loves winning rivalries. So. <laughs>
9: now, I think that it was, it was good for us. Um two of the games actually came at really important times in our season. The one that we won down there with Celia's goal, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. was a really crucial time in our season because we kind of started off a little bit slow and then um, kind of, you know, rose up a little bit. And then we had a couple of injuries and it was like, where are we going to go from here? And so we kind of went into that game and I think they were kind of really confident because of our injury situation at that moment in time. Um, And the girls just went out there and just, like, oh, just, like, brought it home. And sometimes they're they're bigger wins than what they actually are, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then towards the end of the season, it was playoff time, playoff push. They were in a rough spot. We were pushing as well. And it was like a playoff situation game, you know? And we... What was it three? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, we we thrashed them. So, I mean... (laughs) That was great as well. So I think that's what made the games last season even, like, better because they were, like, quite important times in our season. And those games always mean a little bit more. It always, like, is a bit emotional and everything like that. So, yeah, it was definitely great for us to push through those games at that time. And obviously, beating Portland is always great because they're Portland. So. (laughs)
7: I'm going to ad-lib because um, I can see, look it, we can let people ask questions here, right? If you have any questions, what we'll keep asking them, but you can come up to this microphone right here and we will let you ask them. So if anyone has any questions, feel free to walk on up, but we'll keep asking a couple because um, we have a few more minutes. Um, one thing that I'm sure is on some fans' minds, we got the schedule today, which is exciting, but... Maybe some news about a TV deal. Bill, I'm wondering if you can tease anything without saying
9: <laughs> Please tell everything.
5: <laughs> uh, all right, I uh, can I uh, Yeah. Now I, I cannot say a lot. I will, I will say this that the, I think the prediction or the estimate I gave at the beginning of the season with the commissioner and TV deal would be sometime before the season started, which let's say April 18th is a deadline. I think we will comfortably make that deadline. And I think, um, in both cases, I think they will be good decisions for the league. Um, I think TV deal previewing it slightly. um, Really happy with it. I think I think fans will will like it. I think it's going to be great for the league. So uh, super happy. But I don't want to spoil the surprise here. When, when it have, I know. know. Yeah. So, Trying to get me in trouble here. So yeah.
8: Does the network start with the letter C? Maybe. Maybe.
7: Well, I'll, um, for folks who haven't, who don't follow these two on Instagram, you should be. Um, but if you're not, Bethany, you've been doing some polls um, of, of followers. Um, have you learned anything interesting
6: from the polls you've done? Yeah, I always do hot, hot topics. So I should do pineapple on pizza for my next one. Yeah. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> Trying to remember which ones I've done. I t- I literally forgot the ones I've done already.
8: You've done a poll on uh, how do people want their waffles either drenched in syrup? Oh or yeah, thick- if
6: people dip their, because I make my waffles and I rip or pancakes and I rip off a piece and then dip it in the syrup. Whereas some, which like people are like that's weird, but some of, <laughs> some of y'all are out here drenching your pancakes in syrup. Okay, I lost on that one. <laughs> I think that is disgusting. And that does not go down my throat well. Yeah. You, you also
7: had um, a post about struggling to flip the omelet, um, which is hard, to be fair. Um, and you, you randomly got an omelet maker sent to you. Did you ever find out who, who shared that?
6: Yeah, my, my college coach actually sent me it. Um, Because I was like, who has my address that can, like, send me this omelet maker? But, yeah, I usually just make them scrambled now. That's how they end up. So, still working on the flip. uh, His name's Jason Christ. And
7: he's great. (laughs) It's a good, it's a great transition for folks. Maybe everyone in this room knows Bethany's story to the NWSL. Maybe they don't. First... Okay, thank you. Well, I'll let you tell tell your journey instead of me. But the first NAIa player to receive a professional contract with the NWSL is that right? Yes. Um, undrafted and then invited to camp here, and then went on to be NWSL Rookie of the Year. But I don't want to tell your own story. What was it? <laughs> Uh, what, what what was the journey like to, to come to this team and um, kind of be an unknown that's now quite known?
6: <laughs> yeah, um, it's been a crazy last year and a half of my life. Um, but yeah, I went to a small NAIA college in Michigan called Spring Arbor oh. University. Oh my gosh, does someone actually know about it? Ready? Oh my word! from Grand Rapids. Hi. Um, Yeah. And so obviously like nobody had heard of me. And so I did a couple summer gigs playing in like um, the second women's league uh, to try to get my name out there, but entered the draft, like fully aware that I probably wasn't going to get drafted just because I didn't have exposure. um, And obviously you're taking a risk when you're drafting someone who's not, you know, from those bigger division one schools. um, Yeah. About three weeks after the draft, I'd gotten a phone call from at the time, head coach Flacco and wanted me to come in and just be on trial with the team. And I kind of just came in and didn't know if I'd make the team, if I'd be there for two weeks, two days, two months, the whole season. And uh, slowly over time, I just tried to acclimate myself as quickly as possible. Um, and yeah, right before the first game, I signed a contract within like five hours of, of knowing that I was getting it offered. And then flew down to Houston for our first game, and yeah, just a whirlwind of a few months, um, but I wouldn't change it for the world.
8: Bethany, you got a call up to the U.S. national team uh, camp in December. What was that like?
6: Um, It was incredible. I was super excited and honored to be chosen for that. Um, process And yeah, just kind of a discovery camp just to get people who aren't really um, flowing in and out of the team yet. Um, and yeah, it was good to you know see Vlaco and Milan again, um, hanging out with them. Uh, but yeah, just another step to, to where I want to be, um, continuing to hopefully get those call-ups in the future. Um, but yeah, just excited to start getting that national team ball rolling, hopefully.
8: What goes on at a discovery camp? Is it just a bunch of training sessions or are you guys doing some scrimmages? Anything you can share on that?
6: Yeah, thank goodness. No fitness, really. Um, Yeah, it's a lot of playing. Um, (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, it's pretty standard, you know, just passing drills, pattern work. um, A lot of playing, though. A lot of 11v11 full field stuff, um, so they can really get a grasp of um, how you play in the big game. But um, pretty standard, yeah.
9: This one, if you like. Is that on? There oh, there we go. Good job.
4: Hey. Actually, I had a question for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes! um, two things. Uh, one was, and you retired from the national squad playing for Wales. I was just wondering, over. Oh, you haven't? Oh, we, we were trying. <laughs> Where did you hear that from? That's
9: interesting. <laughs> oh. oh. Fake news. Fake news.
4: Um, so, what changes have you seen over the years playing in Wales um, with the women's game in Europe and just the international game um, for teams other than the US? And the other thing is, was wearing flannel always a fashion choice before you moved to the Northwest? or
9: <laughs> Okay, for the second one, yeah, because gay, uh, gays also wear a lot of flannel, and I've been gay my whole life. <laughs> You don't t- get to take the flannel, okay? I've been wearing it since I was, like, 12. <laughs> yeah. Um, for your first question, look, I think football back home in Europe right now is just so far ahead of what it was when I was growing up, um, which is great, you know, it, it's it really is. Um... They've probably actually had leagues going a lot longer than the NWSL. I know the English WSL has been going for longer. Um, the French league has been there for a while. Um, Spanish league is, is very is fairly new. The German league has been there for a very long time. Um, so from that perspective, they actually probably have more experience of leagues, but they've never been at like the the, the pro es level. Like I think. Most of the French league is probably still semi pro. Spain have only just gone and did a CBA to only now have like, um, you know, minimum wages and and a fully kind of professional setup. Um, And that was a couple of weeks ago. Um, So although they've been there, they've kind of been at a relatively low investment level. Um, But I think what we're seeing now is the teams realize that if their national team is going to be successful, they have to have successful leagues. You have to have them. That's just the way that it is. You can't expect to have a truly ongoing successful national team without a league, and not not a professional league. Um, So now a lot of the teams back home are really investing in their leagues. You see the English are investing, the Spanish are investing, the Germans are still investing. Um, and ultimately, I think that's what's going to happen. That those three leagues are probably going to be the big leagues in Europe in the next three to five years, which will mean the national teams will just get better and better and better. And that's what we saw in the World Cup. Um, obviously, we saw USA just go, okay, great, whatever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can keep doing all this great stuff, but we're still going to beat you up. But... Um, <laughs> But it is just really good to see now that everybody wants to be America and so they now know that if that's going to happen from a national team perspective then I have to invest at league level and that's what's happening and it's great because it's just going to make this league keep getting better because this league is going to have to get better to stay ahead of the Europeans so it's a knock on knock effect you know and I am I'm excited for it all because the Europeans get better, this place has to get better, Canada has to get better, Australia has to get better, Japan has to get better, which means the whole women's football in general gets better, which means companies will give us money, blah, 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 blah.
7: <laughs> we are, um... oh, you have one more? Yeah, and then we will be close to, to say goodbye.
6: Yeah, I've got last question, maybe. So, you've got a room full of amazing Seattle soccer fans. What is the best way that we can support Rain FC going forward?
8: Please go (laughs) ahead.
9: Hello, everybody. I would say that there's probably a majority of you who, who have supported us along the way. So if that's the case, then I just want to say personally, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And we really appreciate that. Um, to kind of obviously newbies and those who have supported us, I would say, although we're not here, like we're down the road. It's OK. It's not going to hurt you. It'll be fine. Um, you know, just come down Watch a game, watch two games, five games, ten games. um, Buy some season tickets now. I just think, like, still support us. I know we're not here. I know we're not in your backyard, and I understand that. Um, But we're still going to need your support. We are really, you know, the pro women's team of Washington, and what we want to do is grow that. You know, we don't just want to be a team from Tacoma. We obviously are from Tacoma, but we represent more than that. And each of our individuals... Represents so much more than just football. And so, you know, the Sounders have been amazing and, you know, hopefully they win again and it's just a dream. Um, But there's there's a lot of support there and I think that we still need to see that support for the women because the way I see it is you're football fans, right? And you're really good football fans. I've been to CenturyLink and I love it. I love watching the Sounders. I love the support. So I don't get why it's not completely with the women. I, because we're still football. It's still football. It's still, we're still pretty good at it as well, just to let you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> we are. Yeah. We, we are. And ideally, what we want is, you know, the Sounders to win and the Rain to win and it to just be football in Washington is like the hub, it is the place to be. But we're going to need support for that, you know. We're going to need... Thumbs on seats, and, 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 and yeah, fans, and, and, and tweets, and social, and we're just gonna want everybody in Washington to know that this is the women's side, this is the men's side. We love them. End of. We love them. So, so come help us.
5: He's perfect.
7: Mic drop. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Bill, Jess, and Bethany. Um, and thank you, everyone, for for um, participating and being a part, and hopefully we'll see you at Cheney Stadium. I thought
3: I was cruising. I didn't know you were so far. I we had, like, five or four. Yeah, right. I think right. I hit, uh, well, I hit all
0: of them in a row. to so that one. Yeah. Brad, it is my great pleasure that with the power Vested in me by the Universal Life Church of Modesto, California. <laughs> I name you the winner of this year's Line em Up Tournament. Thank you. Jake. I'll put
10: this uh, right on my windshield in my truck. So. <laughs> I don't know what it entitles you to, but I'm
3: sure it's something. It should be like three years. Are we sitting here now? Yeah, we're sitting here
1: now. Then yeah, we gotta rematch after. Then you can rematch after. Alex will kill me if I allow you guys
0: to. I'll have a rematch, but.
1: Yes. Thank you, Brad. Evans. Yes. Oh, thank you. No, uh-huh, that's good, that's good. Yeah. I'm going to sit here, yes. well,
0: I'll sit in the middle. You guys, I, well, I—I I mean, I don't want you guys to fight.
3: I don't even know who that is. I need
1: to keep you
0: separated. I should get off to the side, probably. But should do something. I know I should do something.
3: Well, I'm actually kind of mad about that.
0: I know. <laughs> You're going to be on... We got you on, uh, on tilt now. What's tilt? Tilt is like when you uh, are start messing up, I guess. It's a poker term. Oh, yeah, so poker in, term. It's a oh, poker yeah, term. Tilt, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're on tilt. You're on, yeah, Exactly. You're on tilt. Uh, so, thank you. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. That is, a, I'm sure, one of
3: the big, big achievements of your uh, post-playing career. I, I didn't expect this tonight, so I'm actually really excited. <laughs> <laughs> This is awesome. It's weird, like, imagining performers, because you look up, and I can't see anything right now. I can see yeah. these, like, three guys. Right. But people actually performing, they they act like they're into the crowd. Right, and they, they can't. have no idea. No. <laughs> it's bizarre. Comedians. Yeah.
0: Same it's, thing. And this is, like, probably a toned-down version of that, if you're,
3: yeah, I would think. It's blinding. It's got to be blinding. Like, it's you're talking be. to nobody. Right. That's weird.
0: It's just this just these guys. I know.
3: Just four dudes, huh? Uh,
0: so, uh, I, we, we are going to do a, a, a version of Dear Will Bruin, uh, because Dear Will Bruin is got to be the great uh, discovery of the offseason, right? That's like, If there's one thing you got out of in, being injured, it was yeah,
3: probably... got a lot of time on my hands. Right. <laughs> really helped with that uh, recovery.
8: I mean, right,
3: you didn't go crazy. Exactly. The mental side is yeah. way more important. Than exactly. exactly. Way more, way, way more. more. So uh,
0: when you score your first goal, I'm expecting a shout out to the press <laughs> box. Sure, right? Right, yeah, right. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. was question.
3: <laughs> Say thank you, Jeremiah. Right. And lick it, and lick it.
0: So one of the, what exactly, <laughs> one, one of the other great segments, I think, of of, of the Will Bruin podcast, Bear With Us. If you haven't heard Bear With Us, I highly recommend uh, checking
3: out the Will's podcast. It's wonderfully. It's, it's produced- Jeremiah's podcast. Let's be realistic. It's really Lickit's podcast. Yeah, that's true. Whose brainchild is
0: it? It's Will's. Will came up with this. Will approached me about doing a podcast. So then
3: it's Will's. It's Will's. It's, it's 100% Will. no, Will's it's podcast. Jeremiah's for saying yes. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. If you ever sell it, it's yours. Right. Exactly. So
0: speaking of, I, I did want to ask you. Um, you are now doing a podcast. What? What? What would possess well, you to do such a thing,
3: Brad? Um. I don't know. I mean, I got really nothing else to do. See? You know. I mean, I'm a, a brand ambassador. It's a pretty loose term. Yeah. Uh, I left the office at twelve thirty today. I, Honestly, it was a solid three hours, um, and I was exhausted—like way, way more tired than I have ever been as a player.
0: You had to call like every season
3: ticket holder, right? Yeah, I did, right? <laughs> so I think I think it'll—it's going to be a regular thing uh, with Steve and I. So it'll be, um, you know, hopefully every Friday, every Wednesday, something like that once the season gets started. But it'll be just super fun. We'll have guests on as well. um, And we'll figure it out as we go. So it should should be a good time overall.
0: Good, good. Well, Will, do you have any advice? Let's start start with this first advice. What's your advice for someone starting a podcast?
3: You know, don't mess it up. That's my advice. Don't mess it up. (laughs) It goes by really fast. It does. To be honest, it was like 50 minutes. uh, And there was a little like Schmetz, you know, tidbit in there for a couple of minutes. But Otherwise, it goes It does. By really, and you don't want to like drag it on for an hour and a half, I right? Know. You want to give people, you know, a good 40, 45 minutes. Yeah. And so it's tough to cover everything and, and kind of have a laugh and, and be serious at the same time. So, Brad, you are everywhere right now. Uh, you also did a Reddit AMA. Yeah.
0: Uh, how, and your name on Reddit is Pine. No. What's
3: the, it's like Peak to Pine? Huh? Isn't that your name on Reddit? Pitch to Pine. Pitch to Pine. And that was like our concept when we decided to buy the airstream, so we had like instead of doing a blog, we named it that i guess right. so it was a, it was a, like a, an a Instagram. it was it was an Instagram thing, yeah, and um my sister I guess thought of it and it was uh, it was actually pretty cool, and while we were traveling, I was doing a lot of stuff on on reddit just in the air because they helped me out a lot when I was buying my airstream and doing the renovating too, so I wanted to post progress pics and and of our journey and things like that, so it was actually um really beneficial to us.
0: So the, my big takeaway from that is n- you don't use shampoo. That's what no. I got out of this Reddit. No more anime. shampoo.
3: No more shampoo. No. No more shampoo, just conditioner. And no uh, no just body tea. soap. No body soap? Just conditioner everywhere. Just- no, no conditioner. No, so just conditioner in the hair, but no, no body water. soap. Water. Just water. Water. Wow. Read about it, guys. Eat- <laughs> Smell me, dude. Smell me. Just... Just a liter no, of cologne. Not...
0: <laughs> this wouldn't <happen.
1: laughs>
3: So, will I uh... smell me? <laughs> so, I'm sweating from the ping pong thing pong I know yeah, you I know. just
0: lost your like. I did not mean still that fuming. to happen.
3: I'm still fuming. I'm done. I'm leaving. That was a drag race. That last round was an
0: dr- absolute drag race. So uh, I, I didn't really have a question about this, Will, but I was listening to
6: last, it goes with yeah, yeah.
0: last year's uh, episode of Yacht Ones, which ended up being like the only episode of Yacht Ones that we ever did. Yeah. Uh, but um, you mentioned that you got a Gold Cup trophy, a Gold Cup medal, without playing at all yeah, in the Gold Cup that's... tournament. And were you thinking about that when you won MLS Cup this time? <laughs>
3: Sick burn, sick burn. Hey, whose podcast is it really? See what I mean. See what I mean here. Uh, I'm sorry. I, it, 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 I can't even get back fully into training
0: before you come at me, huh? <laughs> this is the last time. This is like I'm never going to be able to do this again. This is like yeah. my one
3: and only shot. It's true. All
0: right. So we do have some questions, though. We got a few from from Twitter. I wanted to. Uh, this one was from King Freeman. uh, Goes by Freeman Mester. Uh, He says, "Is there any way to donkey calf on Thursday without losing my voice in waves of elation and frustration? Do you have any good warm-up techniques for my voice?"
3: The thing is, donkey calf is gonna donkey calf. You (laughs) you can't get away from it. It's like you know, there's, there's gonna be one call. That you're just like that's Donkey Calf. You yeah. have been Donkey Gas Standard stuff. You just got to g- expect it. You somebody's can't going on a stretcher. It. Exactly. Whether it's minute one or minute well, ninety. Exactly. Somebody's on and a stretcher. There's no way around it. It is what it is, and you deal yeah, with it. You deal with it. It is the worst, though, isn't it? it? It'll be. It won't be as bad in Seattle, but I don't know. Last time we played this team, it was pretty true. bad. That's true.
0: <laughs> you you remember that's true. that pretty well.
3: It was pretty bad. Yeah. Man, yeah, we'll see. Not not get worse. You, you played. A, do you remember when you guys played San Francisco? No. It was like I don't remember things. Steve Zakawani remember. That's one thing I've learned is Zakawani remembers everything from <laughs> himself and from other players. I remember nothing. I have to <laughs> see video to. Say, I don't know what it is. Will, are you the same? Guy? I, no, I'm the same as you. I, I have right. trouble remembering things I did three days ago. Yeah. So,
0: but that's being a. That's what being a dad is.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I've been up probably since I think Lack 4 a.m. this morning because yeah. Liam yeah. didn't want to sleep. So. I just have a. I remember championships, you know, big moments. But you're asking me to remember San Francisco. I don't even know we played that team. Yeah, I thought you asked if we, like, you know, I went to San Francisco. No, this is like a team. I this didn't is know like a San qualifier a that you guys
0: played. I think in like 2011, I want to say.
1: Dude.
0: <laughs> Nate Jake was scored in like the 130th minute. Something no like idea. that. right? No idea. I probably wasn't even there to be honest. It's possible. It's It's, po- it's, it's quite possible. Uh, you were probably hurt uh, to be
3: honest. Um, It's true.
0: <laughs> All right.
3: So. Uh, Jer- Jeremiah's feeling himself today. He's feeling hey, the, suit, got, the, look suit, at this the suit. suit. The wow. suit. It gives you confidence. Yeah, exactly. Confidence. Confidence. Let him have it. Let him have it. Are you in weird. the media game on Friday? <laughs> 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 Asking for a friend. I think I might be getting 45 in that game. For oh, it, to the, that's to get back your into it. are yeah. yeah. gonna okay, warm so you up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for that.
0: <laughs> All right. So this one's from Sounderfan74, 1974, which I'm based on this question. I'm wondering if it's a uh, yeah. I'm wondering this a known too. a uh,
3: What do you think <laughs> about Brian Schmetzer's style? I mean, dad times hundred. Are we talking about? We're talking about style. Style. Clothing style. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Dad. Amazing. Just dad. Yeah. That's what, it's just dad. I mean. Like if there was a store called Dad, <laughs> he'd have like the little swiping card where you get the discount. <laughs> he would be like the model on the storefront. Yeah. Storefront. Yeah. Dad. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that seems What fair. do you think? Are you going to answer the question? Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. what do I think? Yeah. This is on I mean, now. it's, that's a very
0: fair depiction of it. I think that dad style. Yeah, but it's like clean, yeah, clean, it's, it's dad. clean. Yeah, he tucks in his shirt. Yeah,
3: and then games he really dresses up though, right? Which is he, you know yeah, I will say nice this:
0: he absolutely I could tell when when he got the when he went from being the interim coach. Exactly. When he went from being the interim coach to being the full time coach, all of a sudden his stuff was tailored.
3: Yeah, he went <laughs> from say Bank nice. to like Hugo Boss. real Yes, quick. exactly. Yeah. It
0: was it was slick. It looks good. It was slick. Uh, so, uh, this is from someone named Dave Clark, and, (laughs) and so he's curious, he's, he's got a barbecue coming up, and, uh, he's gonna be throwing some steaks on the, on the, on the grill, and should the host decide how well done the the steaks are gonna be, or if someone requests well done, are you gonna actually...
3: Excuse me, excuse me. (laughs) My wife only eats it well done. Oh! (laughs) So I have been furious at times when I'm cooking a steak, and she's like, I'll put it on a little longer. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) So I think by process of elimination, I have to say that you take requests, even though I'm not for it. But if you're putting out completely bloody steaks, I think it's realistic to take requests. Yeah, keep keep the people happy. Okay, fair enough. Keep the people happy. Unless it's like super well done, then just don't get a mistake. That's right. I don't know anybody that likes it well done, to be honest. Well, (laughs) Well, It's medium now. Medium. Okay.
0: All right. So this one. (laughs) This one's from Manwich 13, which is a good I like that. Uh, Should I stay in my job that I should move on from for more money because I get to play pickup soccer on my lunch break? I feel like lunch break soccer is the ultimate perk. I don't know if I can be with it. I can beat it. I need your help.
3: Oh man, witch. <laughs> Typical man, witch question. Yeah, he probably likes the steaks well done, huh? <laughs> now, um, depends on the money. That's... it depends on the money. If it's like a significant raise, you yeah. leave, right? Sure, you got to leave. Otherwise, I don't know. I mean, soccer at lunch is pretty cool. It is. It's got to be Microsoft, though, right? Because they've got that little pitch. Yeah, so I think he's, probably, we can he's figure doing, this doing out. all right. We could probably yeah. figure this yeah. out. It's like an Amazon Man, versus a
0: Microsoft situation. Yeah, maybe.
3: probably something mm-hmm. where it's got a cool little field. Right. But yeah, I say take another job. Okay. <laughs> you can always go back.
0: You can always, and you can kind of play on the week. Go on the weekends. Yeah. Play at night. Yeah. Play at night. That's it. Yeah. That's take,
3: a great... take the take
0: the job. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Uh, this one's from keeping, keep on keeping on. Uh, They say, Dear Will Bruin, of all the alcohols to be had, which one should I avoid at all costs? Please illustrate your choice with a funny, real-life experience.
3: (laughs) Obviously, this is for both of you, so we need this. I I would say avoid Everclear. I don't have a real-life story on that, (laughs) but I would say to avoid it. Heard stories. (laughs) And first thing that comes to mind for me is probably um, spring breaks way back in the college days and tequila. You know, it used to get the best of me, so that I would was stay away from tequila that. Yeah, that was that like the cheapest tequila. tequila I know. Shotgunning beers is always a bad choice. I had a <laughs> blackout situation yeah, in high unless school. You, you, unless you have to do it after you lose a golf hole or something, you know. I stumbled in really late in high school, and uh, my mom was like, are you drunk? And I said no, and laid <laughs> on my bed, you? got the spins immediately, and was comatose for a good <laughs> 36 hours <laughs> so shotgunning beers is out it's out question is how many too many <laughs> there you go although in high school it's probably like four yeah for exactly exactly, exactly. <laughs> four like nabby four lights, lights. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god
0: <laughs> so uh this one's from pencilbot chad i that's a good name really? uh pencil bot chat yeah okay. so how it's do you stay a, how do you stay positive while recovering from an acl surgery or really any okay. surgery in my case surgery number two next week six months after the first one
3: i really recommend being a guest on jeremiah's podcast <laughs> <laughs> probably no just you know try to Is that a statement? huh Is that a statement? yeah he's uh <laughs> he's paying me back later but uh now, easy, everybody, not like that. Um, but yeah, just find things to take your mind off. That would be my advice there. You, I, you have yeah, some experience. A lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I always found comfort in my dog because we don't have kids and Becky was working all the time. So just being able to go home and hang out and take your mind off things was, was number one. Um, and just knowing that you're, you're going to get healthy eventually, it's just a matter of time. Doesn't mean that you're not going to get injured right away, but the shit all comes to an end at some point, so enjoy it while you can. Yeah.
0: So, so this one was from uh, Mick Luck, who I, I believe is here. Uh, what is the, the... He wants to know, what's the best way to elevate my taco game? Uh, I'm assuming he's in entertaining. Uh, so, like, what, do you have any taco advice?
3: Man, I really like Tacos Chookies as a place. Um, I'm not really good at making tacos, so I, I don't have any, gr- huh? So I don't really have good advice on that, but the good. more meat, the better, I think. Load it up. I always like small corn tortilla, cheese, corn tortilla on top of that, and then add your oh, meat. Wow. <laughs> wow. Does Everyone that- learns something and I... Just describe Taco Bell. <laughs> Gordito. Gordita Supreme. Cheesy Gordita Crunch. Yeah. Maybe it's an Arizona thing. I don't know. So this one's from uh, from Tim Boss, who was
0: just hosting the game. Uh, he says, my wife and I are planning on moving
3: so that we can get a dog. What's the best way to go about choosing a dog? Um... Yeah, I don't know. I think the dog chooses you, ultimately. If you've got a... I mean, some people have to have, you know, obviously, if they've got some hypoallergenic, some allergen issues, they've got to go that doodle route. I don't know if that was your situation or... That was literally exactly my situation. So, white people problems. Yeah. Uh, And we went miniature, too. Yeah. Um, We... My wife grew up with a lab. I grew up with a lab, so we kind of want... We like that, like, attitude of a, you know, a demeanor, but we didn't want to get what we had growing up. Um, we didn't want to favor one or the other. So we ended up getting a golden. That's the only, but he cost us a year's salary probably by the end of it. So, um, won't be doing that again. Um, I would recommend a, a rescue dog. I'm sure that'll be the next step and it'll, it'll choose you. It'll choose you unless you have to have a miniature golden doodle. So I've been
0: told to uh, remind everyone that we're doing the last call on the 50-50 raffle. So if you want to get in on the 50-50 raffle, this is your last chance to do so. Um, So one more, uh, well, we we got a couple more advice questions here. Uh, This one is from, is an anonymous person that's going by crossing right. Uh, I'm a central midfielder by trade, but recently got moved to a wide position. What's the best
3: way to handle that? If they're playing, they're playing. It doesn't matter. Deal with it. All this shit go- comes to an end.
8: That's to be a theme. Enjoy while you can. To that.
3: Otherwise, you got to be in the office. Just enjoy waking. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a center back at heart, but I'm playing center forward. So, you know. You do what you got to do. Things, right? Exactly. you just got to bite your tongue and, and deal with it. So, uh, it's You're going to get donkey-capped anyway. So. Right.
0: It doesn't matter. Were you telling Garth when, like, when you was doing his his uh, off season planning, where you like, "Don't worry, Garth. If you really get down to
3: it, I'm happy to play center back." I was like, "Well, you know, center back. Um, anyways, hoping I get back from this injury well, I might, you know, center back might have to ease back into it that way." No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say any of that. will never. You would never play any other position. No, nah, there's yeah. no way. No. Some players can. Some players can't. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a bad thing. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah, I got to get to 100 goals first. So. he's made a career. Yeah, he's made a yeah. career out of only playing <laughs> striker. Not many players can do that. He's not he, He's not. He's not done a bad job of it. Let's be. No, that's what I'm saying. I know. I know. All right. So um,
0: one of the the other elements of this show that I think you've kind of come to like is I pitch you a story or a, a, a bit idea. And you let me know whether or not you think it's actually a good idea or not. So, what's the segment called? It's called Sign 'em or Cut 'em in this case. Okay.
3: This is the first I'm hearing about it.
0: This is the first you're hearing about it. So, basically, the idea here is I pose to you some, uh, you know, potentially weird character traits, and you let me know if it is a deal killer or not for going on in a relationship. Okay. Does that seem like a a, a potentially sure? Well, just ask the question. <laughs> okay. Okay. So here's here's the, here's the first uh, scenario. The date offers to order an Uber, but they but when they do, it shows up as an
3: Uber Pool. Is that sign them. Sign them. Okay. She's paying for. It? Yeah. Or, or he. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uber Pool. Why not? You get yeah. a story. There's always a story in an Uber Pool. <laughs> I got no problems with it. Okay, fair Son enough. Him. All right. They call their parents mommy and or oh, daddy. Oh, see ya. No. That's cut them, obviously. <laughs> right? We're on the uh, cut them. Uh, Do you call your mommy mommy? Is that why you're No, I mom? don't. That's I'm trying to figure out like how old we're talking here. Like, <laughs> like now. Oh, now. Now. Yeah, no. Like, Sorry. 30-year-old people yeah. cut them. Cut them, Okay.
0: See ya. Okay. What if they put juice in their cereal? What? What? What kind
3: of monster? Send are them they? to a mental hospital. <laughs> yeah. What is wrong that's with cereal you? Why would you shit. even ask me that question? I, I, You'll I, get murdered. We're done that, with this. same.. have cut it. Okay.
0: Okay. That's no. uh, clearly that's fair. Uh, so they don't have a texting plan, and instead they insist on sending you uh, emails with like little details that don't need to be in an email.
3: Cut so, him. they're basically just texting like an email? Yes. They're emailing No, they're
0: emailing you what should be texts.
3: Yeah. It's, I'm cut not going to read it. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever saw Chad's yeah. phone, his email little button said like 4,922. <laughs> I've seen that before, yeah. Too. Yeah. Drove me nuts. Yeah. Cut him too. Yeah. Cut him. <laughs> that stuff, cut him. Just delete his phone. Cut him. All right. See, what about
0: when they, if they clap whenever the plane lands? Oh, my God. No,
3: no, no. Cut them, dude. That's like the people that stand up and try to, like, scoot by you before. It's that person? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, come on. No, you're really going to. Like, the captain's never going to hear it. Yeah. Right. It's like one of those, like, ultimate empty gesture things. All right. So, this is one, they,
0: whenever they they have something warm, whenever they sip it, they go... (laughs)
3: Mm. like every time? every time every time every time every time oh my god um i get like maybe the first time if you're cold right but every time yeah it's not it's, i mean i, I don't know if the a sipping doesn't bother me. breaker yeah yeah but becky would say cut him. my wife would be like you're out of here yeah. i can't do that oh yeah like i have to go in the other room yes. if i'm gonna do that <laughs> anything like yeah. If I'm eating normal, it's like you're yeah. eating too loud. Like, stop. I'm like, right. how do you want me to eat? <laughs> I can hear you chewing. Yeah. but I'm, I have to chew my food.
4: <laughs> right.
3: Chewing, chewing very around. slowly. Mouth closed. And so annoying. Staring at you. And then you feel like self-conscious. Yeah. <laughs> you're not enjoying. Your food. I'm going to go eat in the
0: bathroom. I, chan- I am into it. Like, my... I'm not going to say that I have a, this problem as well. But. <laughs>
3: these are all yours. We yeah, these are all me, yeah. These are all things that you were questioning.
1: Right,
0: exactly,
3: exactly. You put orange juice in your cereal. Don't you, Will? Yeah. You used to yeah, do, do that, cereal, right?
0: right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right, how about they say library. Library, not library. Library.
3: <laughs> I haven't I've even heard of that until now. now. Yeah. Okay. Not since, like, third grade. I... I think you're just making stuff up now. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's, that's a reach. All right, here's one. Cut them. They
0: jokingly ask the surfer, the server for the recipe at a restaurant after enjoying a meal, or maybe they ask for recommendations from the from the server before the
4: meal.
3: Um, I. I'm okay with the recommendations. Okay. Um, if I'll usually have something picked out and if they, you know, if it's in their top three, I'll go with it. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's kind of my like strategy going into it. What, it, what are you? But I don't, I don't mind asking for that stuff.
8: Okay. How good. do servers
3: feel about that? I've never served. Yeah. Anybody? I, I always know. ask okay. for recommendations. Yeah. I mean, but then I sometimes do. I go the complete opposite way. Like I know what I'm going to get. Right. She's I like, the sea bass know what's is delicious. Good. Yeah. I'll have the steak. My dad's the worst of <laughs> this. Can I get a super well-done steak, please? <laughs> With orange juice on the side. Mm. <laughs> orange juice and Frosted Flakes. Cereal oh. All right. Uber pool on the way home. <laughs> oh. Just. <coughs> what if your date wears that suit and you show up and he's wearing <laughs> that suit? Yes. Psychopath? 100%. Cut him?
1: You marry him.
0: <laughs>
3: you, you married marry him. 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 Yeah, it's over. I, I mean, that's.
0: So this is the last one. What if they're a fan of the Portland Timbers?
3: (laughs) Kill them. They're dead to (laughs) me. The Whitecaps are just so nice, though. We always say, same with the Whitecaps. I know you don't care, but you go up there, and they're like the nicest people ever. (laughs) They try so hard to be mean, and you'll like walk off, and they're like, great game today. You're cool. like, just be meaner, be meaner, please. Mm. Sorry, sorry. sorry. I'm so sorry. sorry. Yeah. Well,
0: that's 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 the segment. That's what we yeah. got for you. So sorry. It's cool. Will, I know you got a you got a uh, early bedtime. You gotta get ready yeah. for training. I know. Yeah. I'm back
4: He's in training. Back now. training.
3: So it's, it's been a while. So I so Didn't want to be out too late. <laughs> like six, six months ago it was like,
0: how do I get out of the house for yes, hours? It now it's like, it's like I got fifteen circle. minutes yeah. to do
3: this. It's been full circle now, but it's ruined. it might be. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> so uh,
0: that's 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 the segment. Uh, we are going to come back. We have a little fashion show for you. We're uh, we're going to close out the segment of the the show with an uh, interview with Garth uh, and. Just a reminder, the auctions, I guess we pushed it back to 9.05. Uh, so if you want to get in on the side of an auction, I, you probably have a little bit of time to do it. Uh, but one of the other things that we did for this event was uh, we, like, Lickit actually made a kind of joking jersey. And people were really into it. And so we, so we actually uh, reached out to Admiral, uh, who designs jerseys. And uh, we, we got some made. We actually have them here uh, to, to sample. We're going to put on a little uh, fashion show for you in a bit.
3: Why don't you have and a men's... Yeah. You need to have like a, a, a men's league team or a women's league. Whatever. Or a men Or any, yeah. And then you could have a team that wear these jerseys. Yeah. Dude. I like that. You, you want to play? Nope. Dude, <laughs> we we I need to get the play. guy not to take the promotion <laughs> and he can start play. the team. Oh, there you go. Lunch break yeah. team. All right. Well, so... Uh, yeah.
0: Right. Thanks for doing this, guys. Yeah. Thank you.
2: <laughs> Just soaking it up, soaking
1: it up. Yeah. Uh, with all that said, I'd like to introduce
0: uh, the president and GM of the Seattle Sounders, of uh, the two-time MLS Cup winner, Seattle Sounders. Yes. I want
1: to give it to the
0: kids. Oh, okay. You're going to donate this to... Oh, so Sarah has decided to donate her winnings to Seattle Children's. <laughs> okay, so Garth needs a couple of minutes. All right. So we're not... Garth is apparently busy. So we're going to give him a couple more minutes, and we'll be right back. No, he's right here. Does
10: that, does that mean I'm here? You can be, be right there. Right. We got it. I don't know if I'm going to be as hands for a second. No, that's, that's tough. A, that's a tough bar. All right. Well, Garth, thank
0: you for doing this. I think this is, is this year four, year three. I have been here since day one,
10: Jeremiah, YachtCon style. Yeah, you've been. I have, I have broken eggs. I have. Uh... <laughs> that's right. You broke <laughs> From eggs. From a planning perspective, it's, that's accurate. I, I, I'm more of a freeloader uh, on, on YachtCon. But but yes, I have, I have appeared. It's been, well, I really appreciate you doing this again. It's fun, man. We have a good time every time. I hope so. Your outfit gets better every year, too. Right? I mean, this, this is this is extraordinary. Good. I'm, I mean, I'm so he led. looks skinny, too, doesn't he? Like, like you, you, you got a diet, and then he puts he dressed up. I mean, it's a big night. Hey, hey, look at that. We got we had smoke. That was smoke. The smoke? That was smoke. You can't <laughs> use it in the stadium, right? So you got to, you may as well spend your bullets here. Bail sale. Hey, right, exactly. Sometimes it's good to be the man. <laughs> so uh, I, I just don't get to drink like you guys do, so I gotta fake it up here a little bit.
0: <clears throat> this is this is Everclear.
10: Yeah, this is the latest I've been up in like three months. Like I, 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 I'm hoping I stay awake. I have a cup of coffee in my car. <clears throat> Did you put the kids to bed before you got here? They they I I put them. In their In- beds. As you know, as a fellow father, that, yes. that didn't mean that they went to bed. That they, they were, I was at least able to check the box for my wife to say, see, honey, I was here to help. Right. I, and, I, and I very respectfully scheduled a YachtCon appearance after bedtime. Yes. Uh, but I suspect she might interpret my actions differently tomorrow morning, uh, depending on how well everyone sleeps and, and, and gets through the night. But that's such as, you know, that's, that's fatherhood.
0: Yes, I, I know quite well. Uh. <laughs> Yes. Um, So I wanted to start with a a little of a a personal anecdote. Um, Before MLS Cup, we were doing a a media scrum, and I I asked you uh, if that had potential to be transformative, and you gave me a long, winding answer about (laughs) Transformers. Do do I give any other kind? Yeah. But it was about, I think you actually said Optimus Prime in your answer.
10: That was Uh, dumb. It's not, it's not my finest work but i liked where you were going I appreciate uh, all right, you're all right, going. well you're gonna to try to save me this, this but, is i'm gonna appreciate you right
0: but that said i uh you know I, I can understand where you were coming from i think you were trying to not put the cart before the horse and all that said now that you sit here you know a couple months after winning mls cup at home does it feel like that was a like how big of a of a deal was that really like when you when you sit here now and you look at the the way that it affected everything?
10: I look. It was the best sporting moment of my life. Um, it was. It was. I, I guess I'm not. I'm just cautious about saying transformative. But what I'll give you some data points. I think that's fair. Um, we sold more season tickets the week after MLS Cup that we had in the previous year. The week after that, we sold more than we had the previous year. So like. That is amazing. No, and thank you all. I mean, you know, and when you speak to things being transformative, it's if you carry that momentum into a full season uh, and with the commensurate in uptick in team performance and fan participation and, you know, all the stuff that, that we've all been pretty good at here in Seattle for a while, then that might be, you know. But I'm just cautious that I, that it, I, what, I, what makes me nervous, I guess, is still what I don't want is, everybody would really show up on Thursday or Sunday or both and be like, oh, there's not 70,000 people here. So then it wasn't transformative. Like, you know, but because that's not how this stuff works. It's, it's everybody gets a little bit more enthusiastic and everybody brings a friend and everybody says, I'm going to go to two games in February, even though it's maybe cold and a little bit rainy, and we're all going to show up. And, you know, res- with respect to Thursday, for example, when you talk about these Champions League games in the season ticket package, everybody knows we're playing Thursday, but some people show up and some, some people don't. And this is a real game. I mean, this is, this is a knockout game. There, there's, you know, seven figures at stake in terms of revenue and moving on. And we got a draw that allows us to potentially become the first team ever to win Champions League as, as an American club. I mean, it's a big deal. You know, and the, most of the folks here have families and then it's, you know, it's a, it's a pain in the neck to go out Thursday night and stay up late on a school night and get your kids out and then come back on Sunday and do it again. So uh, but we would really it's, a, it's one of the biggest weeks of the season. We feel like for us, we, we have to win our, our league games in addition to our Champions League games, because the schedule, the easiest section of the schedule uh, is in this first third of the season. We open with six and nine at home. So there's a ton of pressure on us right now. Um, and I mean that in a good way, I mean, because I think we want to we wanted to go back to your original question. We want to make good on this opportunity. We, we had this, you know, hopefully not once in a lifetime moment. But that said, 10,000 people on the March to the Match and a Macklemore concert and a call and response on your way into the building, uh, followed by the pandemonium there. And I was just talking about this uh, on, on Jackson's show on KJR. The thing that I have, I, I saved the game, right? I obviously, you didn't get to watch the TV broadcast or in your stadium, but the part that I do is I fast-forward to the goals, and then they show the crowd reaction, and, like, just the pandemonium, like, like people literally swimming over each other. I mean, it looks like a mosh pit a rock show, and, like, that's amazing. Like, if you can capture, like, I was there for that. We were there. We all were there for that, right? That was... Uh, and that's amazing. And that part can be transformative because that's the shared experience that is really hard to replicate. And look, we're going to try to do it again.
0: So I, I want to say we had another conversation that was right after the draw for Champions League. And, you, and the, the offseason got off to a little bit of a slow start, I would say. Um, and one of the things you mentioned to me is that we might have to wait until it's uncomfortable. To make some signings, did it get to that? I think all of us probably got to that point. Did you actually? <laughs> did you actually get to that point?
10: My wife says this to me about once a week. You know, like, do you think now's the time for the diet? You know, I think it's think it's uncomfortable <laughs> enough yet. I, um, uh, it, it uh, I don't know, man. I've been doing this a long time, and uh, you gotta you gotta make the right you gotta get the right deal, and and so. When the stress comes and you're second guessing yourself, when you're when the fear of failure starts to bubble up, sometimes you just got to tell it to back off and uh, come back to we're the defending champs. We've been a three of the last four MLS Cups and you don't say that arrogantly, but it, uh, thank all of you again. Not, you know, we don't say this enough, but I mean, this is not possible without the support here. Seattle is not the size city that would support a payroll normally to be able to compete with the players that we're able to acquire. And I look a heck of a lot smarter with 40,000 people in the building and Ladero and Rui Diaz on the field than I do when there's 15,000 in the building. So trust me, I don't, I don't succeed without you guys. So
0: now that you, the, the roster is pretty close to set, I think that's fi- probably fair to say, right? Do you Do you feel like we're, we're out of money. So in that sense, it's, it's,
10: there you go. Yeah. It's kind of sad. I, we don't get an allowance of this either. We got to kind of wait for like the next CBA or something like that to, to save up. So do you, I mean, do you feel like you, you, like, are you
0: comfortable with it? Do you feel like exercising patience was really the right way to go about this? Especially maybe after the CBA didn't turn out how a lot of people might've predicted it would.
10: Um, I, I mean, look at at some level, you just have to make your peace with it because it is what it is, right? I mean, we, we spent the money and the CBA came back and, you know, everyone asked me how I feel about the CBA and I'm like, you know, it's how I feel about the DMV. I mean, like, you know, they make the rules and, you know, turns out I have to follow them. So, uh, you know, and I could try to, you know, bump up against the guardrails here and there and try to, you know, test the boundaries sometimes, but if you go too far, you're going to get in trouble and we don't want to do that. And, you know, again, I, I I think our operating thing just in this off-season, it's been, it's been a really tumultuous off-season off the field for us because when you don't have a CBA coming in and you don't know the rules, you got to have two or three different plans because you have to have two or three different budgets. And then it lands two weeks before the season starts. And then you have to execute everything in, in two weeks. So, um, you know, and literally how we structure these deals has to be tweaked depending on how much money we have and how much we don't without getting in the weeds too much. you, You can move money from one year to the next, but you have to have this three year plan always as to how you're going to use your money overall. So um it was tighter than maybe we had hoped um but we feel like we have a good team I think we've replaced the capabilities at least of the folks that left um and I think that we have a very very good team I think like any team we got to get fit we got to play some games together we got to you know create that chemistry it's a new center back pairing it's a new defensive midfielder pairing we're without Gustav and Nico right now like and that's all okay. Like, like, I hope, hopefully that's enough to get by Thursday by Olympia. Still going to be a good team. It's going to be a very tough game. Um, but if we can get off to a good start, honestly, as we've talked about kind of ad nauseum at this point, this is also an opportunity for some of our young players to come in and step up. And, and you know, we saw some perfor- good performances from young players already on the road to Olympia. I mean, if you think, think of what you were doing at 16 years old, and then think about Danny Laba playing in Honduras. <laughs> It's not, it doesn't suck. It,
0: no, it's, 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 and I think he acquitted himself well. I thought he was real good. Yeah. Uh, so as a former player who played during a very different economic time, I think it's fair to say in terms of the way that the league was structured. Do you look at the CBA now and, and kind of marvel at the, uh, the advancements that really ended up getting, that have been made at this point?
10: So I, I, I frame this uh, in the, in, as I do most things in the context of my relationship. But I think my wife believes that I was a professional athlete. But she maintains that there's certainly no visual proof that that, that that was ever the case. So when I talk to her about my career, and she's like, okay, show me. And I'm like, well, I have this VHS tape. And she's like, well, but it doesn't, you know, we don't have a VCR, let alone, you know, what are you, what are you doing with me? Uh, and I'm like, well, Google me. You can do it on the internet. She's like, Oh, you mean those horrible braids you had that doesn't right. no That's one, like would, the one picture. No one would play with those like you couldn't you would be very impractical like it wouldn't. Anyway, The it was a different time. Um, you know, uh, uh, journalists have, have gotten onto this idea, this 25th anniversary of MLS. They're collecting some of the stories from the from the first year. And uh, it, it was my second year in Dallas. Well, just a fun little story real quick is. We, we were in a double-wide trailer, and I'm not exaggerating. It wasn't an RV. It was a double-wide trailer. It was parked in the uh, parking lot of a private uh, middle school called Green Hill, and we had to train every day before recess because the kids didn't want to get up there with the, with the men. There was liability issues, and we had to do that. So, uh, and, and at one point that season, it was over 100 degrees for 42 days in a row. And needless to say, they didn't have irrigation uh, systems or, or, or sprinkler systems for the private school. Um, and to top everything off, uh, the mascot was a peacock, and it, it was a rich private school in Dallas. So they had an actual peacock, <clears throat> like with big blue feathers. And as you left the double wide, most of the kids weren't coming out of trailers onto the school grounds. And so it always freaked the peacock out. So we would be coming in, 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 into practice and, like, literally, we, could, we had a laundry room in there, we had the training room in there, like, we had the showers, like, you have, like, in a camping site. Um, and if we really got in trouble, we, there were flakes, the, the, the panels in the wall were all fake. So you could pop them out, throw the equipment manager over the wall, and get in the coach's office, just figure out who was going to start the next day, and then the other guys would go out partying. Um, <laughs> it's kind of mostly true. I never did it, of course. Uh, anyway, that's where we started. And we kind of got paid commensurate with. Ducking and peacocks and, and uh, you know predicting coach lineups and uh, you know we didn't have I didn't have a goalkeeper coach. I played five years in a league. I never had a goalkeeper coach. We didn't have any sports. We didn't have any strength and conditioning. We didn't but have. But charter flights, I assume. <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah, the charter charter flights are. It's a sign of growth. It's it's uh, for those who don't know, they are incredibly expensive. Um, and so it's, it's, it's something that changes the economics of the league, but look, it's, uh, it's a step forward overall. Obviously we want to treat our guys as well as we can. And, um, you know, getting them back from Honduras, for example, via charter, real benefit to hopefully getting everybody another night in their beds and and getting everybody better rested for Thursday. So,
0: so if I'm correct, Wade Weber was one of your teammates in Dallas twice in, in Dallas and in Miami two-time yeah and so dave clark's gonna be upset if i don't ask you about
10: this <laughs> you're a you're a you, oh oh wow look this at that is, baby face. that is you know you know what hurt my feelings the other day uh, he's that's yeah that's me at 20 yeah it's i don't know what we're
0: gonna do yeah i'm not I, sure I, I can it turns out at 25
10: i look younger than now that's yeah. that's the point <laughs> So what hurt my feelings my my two year old came up to me at dinner the other day and and he's a little blonde headed, uh we're Dutch ancestry. So the, all the kids come out blonde and their hair turns colors darker after that. Um and he comes up to me and he touches my head and he said, Daddy has a big silver head. And uh that was uh there's he's gonna put it up on the screen for you. Uh <clears throat> and so anyway, when I look at this, I'm like, Oh, it wasn't always it wasn't it's not that color. No anymore. No, it's anymore. I mean it's a it's a good looking fella. Thank you. Thank like you. A, that jawline is Impressive, I guess. Yeah, you sharp chin, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Good. But uh, the reason without, I, without a fitness coach,
0: well, so Mickey wanted to ask you about this picture.
10: Do you have do you actually have the quite Mickey's? Uh, this looks official, by the way. Like, I don't want to mess I this know. up. Did somebody that's got a Dallas Burn logo? On yeah, it. Where, where did this come from? Mickey's, Mickey's waving, eBay. eBay. Nice. All right, all right. Oh, me, made it okay that that's more believable because we actually believe it or believe it or not we actually had playing cards for the dallas burn like and we would hand them out in in the fields because no one was going to buy them in stores so we would actually hand them out um anyway this we're going down some dark
0: that's okay i was the reason i brought up wade weber though is
10: my understanding is you guys were in a dungeons and dragons game together we were wade was a dungeon master um and and uh Probably more nefarious than that is I used to babysit Wade's children because we made twenty four thousand dollars a year, and you know if we could pick up a couple bucks to uh, take him to a, to the carnival or whatever, we were doing that you know every every weekend. So um, no, we we did it. We had fun, and and uh, the other guy in the group, well, there's there's two other guys, uh, gentleman named Brett, who's who's a very smart guy who was kind of a ninja and, and had a safe full of weapons that I. Kind of didn't really want to like in real life. Yeah, didn't, ah. I didn't really want to tackle, but he could fix. He could fix any car, uh-huh. and I was driving a nineteen, gosh, nineteen ninety Toyota, Toyota Corolla that I'd bought before. I think maybe right. I think it was my first. I think it was my first car. So anyway, it was had two hundred thousand miles on it, and so Brett was important in my life because he kept that thing <laughs> on the road. Uh, and then Rich Ferrer was the other guy in the group. And you guys don't know who any of these people are, but Rich Ferrer was the the captain of of. At Dallas Burn at the time, and it's now a federal judge in in Austin. So in in I think technically in San Antonio, but um, there's literally like I think three of us that went on and became lawyers, and it's me and Rich, and there's one other guy, uh, not Hesmer. It's another goalkeeper. Anyway, it, it's so uh, our D and D group had had a lot of people who thought they were smart. I yeah, guess. that's usually I think
0: that's how D and I I don't know a lot is that about how it D&D. works. I think it's how it works. Yeah, but um, so. I, I guess a lo- I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll take this path here. Uh, not a soccer question, mm-hmm. but I'm guessing that you were into some nerdy stuff. I, I was, my, the, as
10: my wife says again, I'm the user, I, I was a loser.
0: Do you, uh, do you ever marvel at how, for lack of a, like, pardon the pun, marvel at how these things have now become like the biggest franchises in the world?
10: I, I mean, look. I moved to Seattle, and Wizards of the Coast is based here. Like, like you know, I never, you know. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, and and you look. I think the world's become a more inclusive place and a more accepting place. And so, these things that you had to find literally three people in the state of Texas who you could do who wouldn't laugh at you. Like, that's different now than than I think how how kids grow up. And that's a, and that's a great thing. Oh. I, a little cheer there. Yeah. So we'll we'll turn it back to to soccer. I just I was curious about that. It's uh... it, it is. You know what? I, I've I've been trying to weigh whether or not to. My my oldest one is eight. My oldest boy is eight. And like when to introduce him. And any, does the crowd have any suggestions? Eight years old. All right. All right. Because we've done Star Wars, and that was kind. of it was too scary for the five year old, but it all okay came with the eight year old. But anyway, he's not as into the fantasy stuff yet. I've been trying to introduce him a little, like a Dragonlance book here or a. Oh, you, yeah, I mean, that's that's not the hard part, though, right? I mean, it's getting the... I can, I can read the books and roll the dice for them, right? I mean, that's... All right, all right, all right. It sounds like I need to take a little more responsibility here. I, I guess so. Thank you, sir. All right.
0: All right, so one of the the, the more interesting things, I think, about the, the CBA, and I guess maybe this is nerd talk, uh, but a different kind, uh, is this clause that allows for a bunch of... Under like 22 and under players to be signed uh, that have, that I guess their transfer fees don't hit the cap at all. Is that my, is that the correct that,
10: understanding? That, that is. And I want to be careful here just because my, I believe that this has been discussed and suggested, uh, but I don't know if the board has formally approved okay. this yet or not. Um, but basically, it's the idea of if you sign younger designated players, those guys are assets. They're, they are guys that we're going to develop and resell. And so for the economics of nonetheless, Instead of bringing in Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and, and honestly, like I think that was a good signing. I mean, it was he was very exciting for the league, the Wayne Rooney and stuff. But balance that by also bringing in younger DPS um, that kind of make their name for us, and then build up MLS as a place where people want to come to launch their own career because they see you can start here and make a lot of money, and then over time, it's 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 honestly, it's almost like a I don't know whether it's a step forwards or sideways or whatever it is, but but it's it's a very long term play, you know. To say we're going to bring in these younger players and we're going to nurture them, develop them, and eventually the whole enterprise is going to be moved forward because you can sign Zlatan and he can score three goals in the opener, and you're like, okay, that that that's exciting. <coughs> Excuse me, I've just been sick for the winter, um, <coughs> and it's uh, anyway. This is this is more of a how do you build a team? How do you do this? The good news for us is, I think it's consistent with our philosophy. Um, the thing I would say is that we are we are going to be careful. Assuming this goes forward in some form or fashion, we're going to be careful not to stifle what we have here. We've spent a lot of time and energy and money on developing our players, um, and so I think we'll be we'll be somewhat cautious in terms of how we approach this, and you know, to try to make uh, hopefully, I would say that we would lean toward you know, let's say three slots come in. I think we would probably lean toward one higher impact signing than three smaller impact. And don't hold me to that because we're, we're still working through it. But I think that's the, the approach we'll take. Because the other thing you got to be really cautious about here is international spots. They're already at a premium. They're selling for $250, $300 a pop. Um, and if you have three DPs and three young DPs, that's, that means there's no more TAM guys. That means you've gutted the, the, the middle sure, of your team. That's sure. six of your eight foreign spots that are used. Um, and you only got them two guys in that kind of, uh, what's, what'll now be between 1.7 and, or sorry, 700 and 1.7 for that damn range. So,
0: and all right. All right. So on that kind of this, that same, uh, line of thinking, uh, the defiance of, av- you know, they're going into, uh, this is, I think year five of the, U- of the Sounders having the USL team. Is that right? Year six?
10: Six. Year six. Yeah, We started 15.
0: Okay. So how are you feeling about where that,
10: like, that trajectory is? Are you feeling good about Defiance and where it fits in and everything? Um, I am overall. And, and again, I know we haven't made the linear progress that I think we all hope for. Um, but our choice last year was really to go too old or too young. And what I meant by that is, what I mean by that is, we knew if we went with all our prospects, that we were probably going to get our tails kicked sometimes. Um, and the beginning of the season started off not well, and not competitively and that was the worst possible worst case scenario and we really suffered from having a young goalkeeper and young center backs and that's a particularly tough combination um so the good news is is the young center backs and the young goalkeeper got a lot better as a result of that but that meant that this team really struggled and I think lost a little bit of belief in itself after they lost games three nothing four nothing five nothing lose seven of eight lose eight of ten that kind of thing and so he said, we really want to stabilize the team for this year where we still want to give those kids minutes. We still want to develop them, but we invested in a 31 year old center back and, uh, some experience in defensive midfield and a local. And, yep. Yeah. Taylor. Who's back. yeah. Yeah. Who's, who's come home and, and, uh, you know a la Wade Weber returned and uh slightly slightly before Wade uh, Wade did from Nate's perspective but if you have somebody like Justin Dillon if he's not playing for the first team and he's your center striker and he has experience he scored 10 goals now all of a sudden you look down that spine and you say good young goalkeeper Trey Muse but Steph Cleveland's going to be coming down and that's going to be more of a battle for for getting experience and developing those guys you know experienced center back experienced defensive midfielder experienced uh you know guy uh coming through Colin Fernandez is another guy we signed that was in the the young, mid-20s, as opposed to being 17. Um, And then we're going to sprinkle the 17 and 18-year-olds around those guys and hopefully have a complement of guys. And and look, let's be honest. We haven't figured out exactly how to do this yet. But it's the thing. It's the last frontier for our club. The first team's okay. Three or four MLS Cups. The, the, The Academy's also pretty okay. Won the national title. First team to win the GA Cup. So... This is the mission for us. If you look at all the people we hired, because we had some people, you know, what happens? You win, right? All your good people get recruited. We basically lost our performance department and our development department. The guys we brought in are almost all guys, with one exception, two exceptions, that know our culture and have worked here at one point before. So Henry Bronner's come in to replace Mark Nichols. Henry used to scout for us. Um and you know we we've really striven, we 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 promoted from within, and Gary Lewis became not just a coach, but an our academy director. Um and so we're and we hired John Hutchinson, who used to be the Defiance coach, to be our full-time development coach. I think these are all breaking news pieces, but are they really? Okay, I am not <laughs> supposed to say that. Um there's gonna be a press release tomorrow morning. So um you guys can be like, How do you spell that? Was he drunk? Um no. Uh Anyway, those guys are all now staffers that we're going to add, and they're all focused, you'll, you'll, you'll hear, on development. And so John Hutchinson's role is really cool in particular because this is something that's all the rage right now in, in England and in Europe more broadly, um, to have an idea of basically there's a guy whose job it is to take the prospects and to get them ready to be in the first team. So we got the prospects, we got the first team, We haven't yet put the prospects in the first team. And so John's job is going to be a mix of first team and defiance. And we're going to form this group called an elite training group. Um, And we're going to bring our best prospects together. And we're going to have them interact directly with our first team staff. And so we got some really cool creative ideas about how to take this next step to really push these kids forward so we can begin taking advantage of all of the investment and all the time we put in over the five years. So. So we got, I got I got a couple more questions, and then
0: I'm gonna uh, open it up. If anyone has questions they want to submit, uh, make sure they get it to Lickit. But um, before that, uh, I wanted to ask you about your guys's attitude towards analytics. Uh, you've talked a lot about Robbie Ramini. Is that yep. me saying that right? Yep. Uh, and he has been. Robbie's a uh, man. He he's, he seems to have done a lot of great work for you guys. Uh, and I'm, but I am curious, like when you're weighing decisions, and I don't know if you've ever had a situation where the analytics side maybe disagreed vehemently with the scouting side or vice versa. Do you, like, does that just like X, if, if there is that disagreement, does that X out a, a potential signing? How do you go about managing those kinds of
10: disagreements? Uh, this, is a, this is a great question because, you know, people ask me what I do. Um, and it's a fair question because, I, I, you know, and I've said this in a number of different forums, like I'm a general manager. Literally, I generally manage. I know a little bit about a whole bunch of different things. And a lot of my job is honestly putting that stuff together. And the legal training I have, I think, allows me to identify what are the important parts of the information and then to distill it down to kind of the key elements and then dig into those and then hopefully make good decisions. So this is the essence of what we do. This is the essence of being a GM you got to take your – your because your, your, your analytics guys and your scouts, we want them to have their own opinions, and we want them to be independent opinions, and we want them to have different processes, right? And then you have to take the results of those, and they're definitely going to conflict. Now, look, it happens like with a Rui Diaz where, you know, Chris literally went down to scout. They're like, this guy's pretty good. You know, at the time, we could never afford him. He literally – he was the leading scorer in Mexico, and he'd scored 15 goals six years in a row. And it was like – it was it was – you know, we didn't have to turn over any rocks. I mean, he was the sunflower blooming, you know, in the meadow and, you know, open in front of all of us. And the coach is like, we should sign him. And this guy's scouts like, we should sign him. And they, I'm like, Robbie, we, we good. And he's like, yes, this is the best, uh, uh, best ratio over expected goals that I've ever seen. Okay, great. <laughs> <clears throat> and people are like, was that really hard because like, he was in Russia and it came, like, the signing came together in like three weeks. Like it was like, Anyway, uh, you know, it was, it, you get more ones a mystery like that. of of
0: why you were able to get them, right?
10: Yes. Yes. Honestly. You know, right. I mean, like, why wouldn't and again, it's almost always the same, which is the selling club needs the money. And and uh, hopefully we are, you know, responsible in planning and that never happens to us. Um, but yes, there's more often there is disagreement about a target and you have to weigh the relative stuff. And look, and one of the things that that I have to do in my job too is to say, I mean, Earlier in my career, I scouted. I mean, that, that's what I did. You know, there, when, when we had at, when we were at Salt Lake, we had 11 people total, and that was it. And Sounders, we have 50. Um, so it's a different scope and a different scale, and I'm not staying up all night watching video of guys at this point. But um, you do have to have a sanity check in my role as to, you know, as, is this the right guy scouting-wise? You do need to know enough about analytics. And, you know, Ravi would stress that um, – what you really have to do is you have to know the proper questions to ask the analysts because only the analysts truly understand the analytics and analytics can be misused very easily and data can be misused. Um, but if you can do all that and then, you know, talk to the coaching staff and say stylistically from a player profile, does this look like somebody that you will be successful with? I think it's, it's put together, it's all in kind of a soup and, you know, you, and you put it together and you hope it comes out and it tastes good. So, um, the the last thing I'll I'll ask before getting into the
0: it uh, looks like we may only have one question so uh, that means I really talk too you, much no it means that you you just I think it was the, I asked you the right questions
10: <laughs> uh, or, or people are really bored after three hours of this well
0: maybe I I don't know are you are you guys bored no,
10: no? all right all right see all <laughs> we could pass a mic out there that'd be I fun mean, the
0: mic's a, there's yeah. a mic
10: up here you guys want
0: to come up. Uh we got we got we got about 5 more minutes if there's if people want to ask questions it sounds yeah, so like Yeah, go have at it. I'll i I'll, I'll stay longer than 5 minutes. It's all good. Okay. Okay. So let me just ask you this one right. and then what do you see as the next like uh frontier for MLS signings? Like it looks like Brazil is maybe opening up. What but what are the what's the player look like who's signing an MLS in 5 years?
10: In 5 years with this young player initiative if we began systemically attracting young European prospects, that would be the next kind of Rubicon de cross. I think we've persuaded anyone in South America right now that MLS is cool. Um, we've gotten good players from Europe, but we haven't yet gotten, you know, kids that still have a chance that are still breaking into national teams in Europe and things like that. And I think that's maybe that that final frontier. Now, I honestly wouldn't spend a lot of time and heartache worrying about are we going to do, are we going to get there? Is it going to happen? With the amount of investment in MLS and the end of the new CBA and stability for five years, and you look at what people are paying for franchises. You know, if you pay three hundred and twenty-five million dollars for the Charlotte franchise, that's a different ball game. Like you, the, 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 you know what you are going to see Miami spend this year. Well, you're going to see some of these teams coming in. It's going to it's going to raise you know that that tide is going to rise up, raise all the boats. And I think MLS is going to get better and better and better. And it's it's a it's been a fun place to work for the last 12 years, and hopefully continue to be. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Garth.
0: So we are going to take a few questions. I can't promise that we're going to spend a whole bunch of time. We do have a deadline to get out of here. Oh boy. But so, uh, introduce yourself and ask the question. <laughs> no.
4: Light enough. It's on. So, Garth. It, great event, Jeremiah. Thanks, well, you guys, for a great event.
10: There we go. we got to so, give up for yeah, that, right? For real. Thank you.
4: So, Garth, I'm with a big group from Mystiqua, huge Sounders supporters for years and years. Unfortunately, one of our neighbors is Tom Dutra. We, <laughs> we think he's a total asshole, but we wanted, to get, we wanted to get your thoughts on what Tom's meant to the Sounders and, and his contribution to the whole group.
10: You know, I got asked this question today in a different way, and... Uh, I, I, it, it was this, you know, does Tommy have a magic wand? Because literally anyone who trains with Tommy, he's he's Mr. Miyagi now, right? Like, you just go out and someone, he's like, oh, he's the next starter. Tyler Miller, boom, LAFC. Uh, Brian Meredith, boom, uh, you know, expansion draft. I, I don't get totally surprised that often anymore. When Brian Meredith was taken in the expansion draft, I, I was like, I did not see that coming. And, yeah, and... <laughs> That is all Tommy Dutra. I mean, that is, I mean, they're just, they're just not a lot of data on Brian Meredith. He hasn't played a lot of games. And so I thought we were the only guys that knew how good Brian Meredith was. Uh, and of course we have Kurt Schmitz with Miami and that's part of the, a- the explanation there. But um, Tommy's been absolutely amazing. And we've given him two good young goalkeepers and Steph Cleveland and Trey Muse, And, you know, he, you know, he, his, his relationship with Steph Fry is special period, full stop. Steph's a pretty special individual as a, as a human. Um, and we're really lucky to have him. But one of the things that we got to manage this year is we, if we play 45 or 50 games, we got to make sure Steph Fry does not play 45 or 50 games. we we got to see if we can extend his career. Um, and, look, that means playing our young goalkeepers, and that means that we may see a mistake or two. That's what happens with young goalkeepers. And, you know, I think it's going to be really important – You know, even at at a fan base level that we rally around this and we see this kind of big picture and we say, Hey, we understand we're getting better and for the long haul this is the way to do it because we may get five more years of Steph Fry if we get ten games of Steph Cleveland and Trey Muse this year. So
6: good evening. I
3: I know you weren't here at the beginning, so you didn't get to hear the awesome music that they had playing, but it really
10: made me want to karaoke. So my question for you is who are the best and worst singers in the locker room? Oh. I, <laughs> tough, tough one here. Um, I, so again, just to, just to give a, to peel back the kernel, a little bit, I am very rarely in the locker room at this, at this point, if I'm in a locker room, it's post game. Um, and that's usually as historically has been Roman Torres and who's running that. And, then we have some of our younger players that use uh, language that's a little bit more creative in it's linguistics. And we have to remove the children from the, you know, because Adrian's, Adrian's son is young. He's three years old and, you know, mine are young. And so sometimes we go in there, we're like, whoop, we're <laughs> hand them right back to mama and we'll, we'll come back after the game. But um, no karaoke in the locker room, but it's, it, it comes, it's a lot of multicultural music and you can kind of tell who is in ascendancy based on if it's salsa or if it's merengue or if it's, you know, rap or whatever's going on. So good question. Wade Weber, by the way, best karaoke singer on, on the staff. I mean that if you guys haven't go seen him, he, he does karaoke regularly down in uh, Tacoma. He's cause he's a federal wayboy. So he goes down there around uh, defiance games and you can usually catch him uh, on the mic you know? Do you know? Why? We, we'll no, find out. I will, we'll get this out to you. I don't remember off the top of my head.
4: My question is: If you could stack rank the trophies that you compete for every
3: season, how would you rank them?
10: Stack the four trophies: so Open Cup, Supporters Shield, uh, Champions League, MLS Cup. Campione's Cup, MLS Cups. There's five. Yeah. <laughs> Look.
1: Okay,
10: <laughs> sorry, Cascadia? Cascadia. There you go. Six cups. Look, I, I've said we we kind of have three seasons. So we our first season is Champions League season. Then we have lose all our players season because we have Copa America and, and <laughs> the Euros. And, you know, the only guys we could possibly lose are Ladero, Rui, Diaz, Arriaga, and Svensson right down the spine of our team. Yeah, what could w- possibly go wrong? <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then we have the stretch run season, which you guys have come to know and love. But, but truly, like... Like this year, at least at least look me in the eye now, Jeremiah. And when, when you ask me in July, Garth, is it finally coming together? At least tell you I told you before the season. Like it's kind of predictable when you lose all your good players for two months and then you get them all back. That, that Then you're better. Yeah. So you, you um, have said that before, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, so, man, I, I think it's really hard. I, it, and what the honest answer to this with the six cups is it it honestly changes based on where you are in the season. It has the answer to that has to be Champions League right now. It, it literally no one else has done it we do that it puts us on a different page but there's a huge difference if we go if we flame out on Thursday and we go out in the first round of the Champions League then that honestly impacts how we approach the regular season and, and open cup for example because those are the next two ones in that thing it, it puts probably a little bit more emphasis on Campiones Cup because if we want to be a big boy league we got to beat teams in Central America and you know Hopefully, hopefully we don't get to this point, you know, that we're able to win on Thursday and and push through and push on for a couple more rounds. And if you have a really good showing in Champions League, honestly, that dictates Open Cup probably the other way, because if nothing else, you're just going to have to play young players because, again, you can't play. You can't play play 40 games either. And you honestly don't want to play Ladero 40 games. You know, part of the thing that we've we've seen always is, again, the key to that stretch run at the end of the season is we've gotten healthy. You get healthy by rotating your squad. And so that means different points of emphasis for different tournaments. And it doesn't mean we don't care about the Open Cup. It doesn't mean that we don't think our kids can win that. Because if we do our development right, they can eventually win that tournament. Um, but it's balancing all these things over the course of the season, and it's given good performances, I think, across all fronts. And, um, you know, and, and it's ultimately looking at things like if you don't win Champions League, Okay, but you go for MLS Cup, and if we win another MLS Cup, then you can start throwing a D word around, right? I mean, then, then then you go back to back. You got you got four or five, you know, like or, sorry, three or five, you know, that's 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 historic, then, right? And coming off being named team of the decade, you know, those are the mountains left to conquer. But anyway, for right now it's Champions League. We're gonna go try to get it. Um, it's really hard, uh, but ho- eventually somebody's got to do it, right? So uh, may as well be us.
3: Yeah, may look, as well at be us. Us. yeah. look at us. Look at us.
4: Hi. Uh, first, I'd like to just say thank you for helping bring two MLS cups to Seattle because that's been awesome. Thanks, so thank you for that.
10: Th- thank all. Thank yourselves. You're clapping for yourselves right now.
4: Uh, second, I would just like to also extend thank you for being the first MLS team to be carbon neutral in all of MLS. Uh, Thank you for your work with the Green Duwamish River. Thank you for the Duwamish people that we are, you know, being part of this land. Thank you for that. Uh, And so I would just like to ask, you know, what does it mean for day-to-day operations? What does it mean for the club to be carbon neutral? And, you know, what kind of precedent does that set for the MLS and for other clubs moving forward?
10: Look, I, I think you always want to try to be a leader, right? And you want to reflect the values of your community. And in order to be a sports team anywhere in any city. Um, And I'm really proud of this. We are really proud of being carbon neutral. We're also really proud of Pride. I mean, I don't know if we were actually the first club to do Pride, but we were definitely one of the very first. Um, And I remember we got the very first one we did. We got some nasty phone calls saying, you know, this isn't something that I want to be part of. And we we just said, we got to push on. This is, this is, we want to be on the right side of history here. This thing is going to grow. It's going to develop. And look, at the end of the day, we all have fun going to a kid's game, playing a kid's game. You know, I do fantasy sports for a living, right? That's that's what my job is. But the chance to make a difference is is what's worthwhile, right? That that gives life meaning and value and, and hopefully leaving the world a better place, both from an environmental perspective and from a social one, is something that is certainly is something we hope we're a part of, but it, it also is very much reflective of Seattle. And for someone like me who's moved here, who's lived a lot of different places and moved here that's a really cool part of living here and, and being around people that embrace it. Cause again, it's a kind of thing. I don't know how much noise it makes to be carbon neutral in Chicago where I grew up, you know, I, I think, but I think it's a big deal here. And if it's a big deal here, then we can kind of show the rest of the world. Like we can be a trendsetter. We can use this to launch a world cup bid, you know, to be a host city. Um, and I think that'd be massive to put Seattle on the map. And I think it's something we should all aspire for. And I do think carbon neutrality Particularly in a world where our country is unfortunately pulled out of the Paris Accord, is a huge step to say we in Seattle don't believe that. We, we to the contrary, we're working to combat that. Yeah. All I have to do now is talk about religion. We'll hit all the uh, right. nonsensical <laughs> topics.
0: Well, do we have one more one more question or uh... go for it, man? Okay.
4: All right. Um, first, I I'd just like to say. Thanks to the Sounders organization for just coming out and doing this sort of thing. It's great to have actually people from the team be able to just come out and just be able to talk to you. I mean, any other league in the world that we can actually come and talk to the general manager of soccer operations and say, what is the team doing? It, it's just amazing.
10: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I mean, it, likewise, it's pretty cool for me to come and feel pretty comfortable and pretty accepted and, and you know, to be part of something like this because... You know, it, it's been, you said, four or five years now, yeah, right? Yeah. And this is, I really want to congratulate all of you. This is a cool event. Like, I was looking forward to this. Like, before you called me, I was like, when's YachtCon? Like, we got to, we got to, I want to come down and do this again. So, it, it's, it really is, like, like, again, like, the job is the job. And the job is a lot of pressure and there's a ton of stress. But, like, when you folks, go, when you guys come up and say hello and you say, how are you doing, man? And you say, thank you. I'm like, first of all, it's ridiculous that you're thanking me for anything. But it, you guys are the backbone of the team. But, Still, it means a lot to me. Uh, It really does. Um, You know, if you come up and say, hey, Garth, on the street, I really appreciate that. And um, hopefully it's not followed by a a stiff uppercut or anything like that. (laughs) Um, A stiff witty remark is always welcome. But, um, you know, it's uh, the best one that I've had so far was uh, after we won the first time and a gentleman came up at the Zach Scott testimonial game and said, uh, thank you for bringing joy to the city. And I thought that was... This is life. This is amazing, right? Like, it's really incredible. So I call my brother. Excuse me, this gives you an example of the, the way I grew up and how maybe we stay humble in our family. Uh, and he said, and I said, can you believe this? This guy who doesn't know me just walked up to me and said, you know, thank you for bringing joy to the city. And he's like, oh, did you shave today? And I'm like, no. He's like, <laughs> he, he must have thought you were Santa Claus. <laughs>
1: so
10: uh, anyway, I didn't mean to railroad your question oh, there, no. but it's, no, it's, okay, it's so great I'm- to be here.
4: So on a lighter question, um, my cousin's from Portland. And, yeah.
10: So, so is Jeremiah.
4: Oh. <laughs>
10: <laughs> he lived there briefly. Did I at least get that part right? No. There was not a Portland face. No? My cousin lives there. Cousin lives there. So, right, so you, you're your cousin's from. No, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Matt Pence writes about Portland now, too. So yeah. you should boo him, too.
0: Yeah. Hey. Uh,
10: But keep in mind, everyone on the Portland staff worked for me at one time or another at this point, too. So it's not literally true. Go on. You can just give me a shovel next time. I'll just keep digging and digging. And all right. You
4: know, he's been living overseas. And I told him, Congratulations on Portland making it to the League Cup. And he had no idea what that was. And so I described it as feedback the cup for teams that are good enough to make to the playoffs but don't win anything.
10: Yeah, over- you could I mean, just say just aren't as good as Seattle.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if, I mean, we talk about the league expanding, but do you have a better description that we could use to describe what the league cup actually is?
10: Yeah, look, I will actually go unsnarky here and say uh, the league cup actually is pretty cool. It's, it's something that could be, <laughs> fair enough, <laughs> counterpoint in, up front here. Um, it, it's it's not been cool yet but it could be here's what I mean if if you the, the games that are that are the highest rated that people get the most fired up about for the most part is when we play Mexican teams right whether that's in Champions League whether that's the national team um, if you look at the television ratings in the United States uh, more people still watch big league, league MX games and watch uh, big MLS games but Clearly, and obviously, uniting those tribes is the way to drive soccer forward in this country, right? I mean, imagine a world in which you have an English-language rights deal and a Spanish-language rights deal in both Mexico and the United States and in Canada. That's a lot of money. Um, and the significance of that is that then brings lots of really good players into uh, that league. And so what League's Cup is the kind of first seeds of or the germination of, potentially – is some type of long-term, and I don't know what it looks like, I don't know what anybody look, knows what it's going to look like, partnership or collaboration between Liga MX and MLS. And that is really, really exciting because that's the next, that can be the next big thing, right? Some of the big ideas out there, do you combine CONCACAF and CONMEBOL and take on UEFA that way and stuff? And there's a ton of, you know, in Copa America Centenario here in Seattle and all over the US was an amazingly, hugely successful event, but there's just tons of, bureaucratic and political issues with that you know when we have a shared border and now we now have i think literally half a dozen big mexican players that we all that were signed by mls this year are going to come over and play MLS. MLS. you're this is happening like this is the world is getting smaller these leagues are getting closer and i think that's the promise or the hope maybe of leagues cup that these can become potentially even meaningful games that count in the standings at some point in the future um for both leagues in both countries, and that could be a really, really cool thing because Champions League, look, we're going to go for it, we're going to give it our all. The way at the time of year it is, it is really difficult to ramp up so quickly to get 90 minutes fit and then to try to take on Mexicans. Now we got, we've got a little bit better runway. We don't draw a Mexican team till April 7. You know, famous last words by by just by uttering these words, we're going to lose to a Canadian team or a Central American team. But uh, you know, <laughs> if you make it to the Mexican team, you got some time. To say you got to be fit, top fit by April, that's that's at least achievable. To say you're going to be top fit by February 27 when you play Leon, as LAFC got you're you're hoping and wishing a little bit. So, you know, this idea of systematically playing the Mexican teams, it'll certainly make us better. Um, and that's what I think we all want, right? We all want the league to grow and improve and put ourselves in position, hopefully to capitalize on the next television contract, which would start in 2023, but also then to hopefully host a World Cup and, and really use that as the boomerang or the, the spring to, to become one of truly the best leagues in the world. And that's, that's, what, we're, that's what we're trying to do. That's what we aspire to do. Um, and that's where, that's where you guys come in again, because when we tell people we, are the 30th, we have the 30th largest crowd in the world, people still don't believe me they they like players don't believe me agents are like yeah yeah, yeah. and we just we send them we got a little two-minute video we said, just just stick it here you go here's a little file and they watch it and they, they can't like people can't believe it like and that's what's so cool like when i come to come to see you guys and you know we do it once a year and stuff It just please take a moment when you're <coughs> with your friends or at the first game or whatever and just like, give yourselves a high five, man. It is, it is absolutely amazing what y'all do. Um, it is incredible the energy you bring and the amount of support that we have, not just as players and staffers and all that, but what the world sees for Seattle. You guys are amazing. Thank you.
0: Well, with, with that, that's probably a good place to, uh, to call it an event. Um, hey! So uh, I just wanted to make sure to remind everyone to settle up with uh, with the auction and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I feel like this was a very uh, good event. I wanted to thank everyone for coming. Um, I did want to also just kind of thank some people that made this possible. I wanted to, uh, first of all, thank Garth, thank Brad, thank Will, thank Jess, Bethany, uh, Bill for coming out here. And this is really, I, I mean... And Schmitz, of course, Schmitz. And I mean, it's—I don't think that there's anything like this going on in in the United States, probably. I, I don't know that there's anything going on like this in the world, where like big-time athletes and heads of organizations are coming to a fan event and just kind of taking questions from the crowd and uh, hanging out and doing this whole thing. Thanks to the Sounders for for being good uh, good partners in this thing. I guess we'll, we're gonna. I'm going to dub you guys partners in that. Um, but uh, thank you, Sammy, also. Thank you to ECS for bringing the Cascadia Cup. Um, I, I also I really want to thank uh, Lickit and Aaron uh, for, for kind of sticking with us on the making this happen behind the scenes. Um, I don't think I could say um, clearly enough that Emily Cummings uh, puts in a ton of work behind the scenes. She's turned this from. She's literally behind the scenes, I guess, right now. But uh, I mean, she's really taken this front to a different level. Huh? I think she's in the back there. Oh, there she's in the back there. Uh, I I want to say thank you to sp Nation and Sounder Art for for actually helping fund this year, which was awesome. Uh, thanks to my fellow presenters, Susie Rance and Jacob Cristobal for putting on a really great, uh, rain segment. Uh, thanks to Tim Foss, uh, for, for helping out, uh, with the, with modeling and with hosting the game. Thanks to Beth Mantle for also, uh, being a model and, uh, and helping out also behind the scenes. There is so, like, this is really a volunteer run organization. It's kind of, I mean, event and it's, it's amazing, uh. Dave Clark helped out today. Kelly Stevens, Ben Harrison, Steve Vogt, uh, Andrew Beck, Giovanna O'Shan, and Marnie O'Shan, who uh, I really wanted to thank. It's uh, related to me. Uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to thank uh, our sponsors, Full Pool Wines, uh, everyone that donated stuff, James Willard, John Cam- Johnny Campbell, Johnny Football, as you may know, uh, Jane Gershevich, uh, The Masonry, KXP, Matt Pence, Um, And finally, I want to say thanks to Hales Palladium for hosting us. Uh, I really think that this was a, uh, I'd like to think it's our best event and uh, hope to be doing this again uh, next year. Um, And that's it. So thank you. Give yourselves an applause too. Thank you. Thank you. See you Thursday. 12,000? And Sunday. And apparently, we raised twelve thousand uh, dollars.
10: That is well done. That's unbelievable. The extra two thousand was a
1: suit. Yes. Let's <laughs> sign it. Did you sign it for him? <laughs>